live from the bell tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the live edition of the Break the Bell Podcast. Hello, beautiful bell breakers. We're back. We are back. I'm excited to be back. Yes. And I'm excited to be back in the bell tower. Me too. Me too. That's what we're calling it. It's funny we call it, it the bell tower, but it's actually a basement. I know. I know. What as aspirations. Which, One day we will have a tower. Which, <laughs> yeah, yes, we will. It's interesting because I, li- I listened to a conspiracy podcast for probably four years now called Those Conspiracy Guys. And they're like these Irish guys that do just dig into conspiracy theories and, mm. and they'll do like six hour podcasts six and a half hour podcasts on wow. one topic i'm just like holy shit i thought we were long winded yeah really i mean they break they go down into just really deep detail but wow. then they also go way off topic a lot too sure like way more than we even oh. do like they make us look like we are, are like straight to the point nice. yes but um he was saying he's like oh that was back when uh, we were at because he was talking about their old recording places like that was back when we were in the tcg uh towers what they called it those conspiracy guys tower mm. and uh, and um the main guy was like oh you mean my kitchen table i was like <laughs> sounds familiar <laughs> yeah yeah i was it, trying to play true. this off it's true as more than it is but it doesn't matter where we are yeah i mean the the um the the bell tower is wherever our hearts are you know <laughs> wherever right. we're breaking bells that's the bell tower yes. so we are here delivering the bell-breaking message to That's whoever right. wants to listen. Yep. Or even if you don't want to listen, you just turn it mm-hmm. on and we'll just do it anyway. We're here. We are here to make you a little uncomfortable, make make you learn a little bit. Yeah. And then also hopefully laugh a little bit, yeah, cry hopefully. a little bit. <laughs> Have we ever gotten to the point where people were crying? Maybe today is that episode. <laughs> All right. We're going to make you cry today. Today is going to be our sad episode because we are going to be talking about... The Haitian president assassination. Yes. Does that make you cry, Bill? Did you cry when you found out? Uh, no, but it made me be like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> it, to me, this was my initial response. It was like this. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> because um, nothing's too surprising when it comes to Haiti. No, no. And I, I feel like we should have by now paid a little more attention to Haiti than we have. Yeah. Because there's so much... So much. When we went and dug in, when I was digging into it for this episode, I'm just like, dude, this country has been fucked over yeah. Yeah. for like 100 years. Yeah. It's no wonder they're the poorest country. Yeah. Or You know what the, the, the theory is on it? Huh? It's that uh, it was a thriving country because the Dominican Republic, which is, shares the island with yes. it, is thriving, right? Yep. So the theory is when, when voodoo came into the country... It it cursed the land. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Okay, like and so yeah, because like the, the no vegetation grows. I mean, it's like a wasteland. Yeah, and so that that's the theory is that yes, voodoo cursed the land of Haiti. I don't buy it. I think some, I don't either. I think but... somebody cursed the land of Haiti, but I don't. I don't think it was necessarily voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> so it might have um, been like voodoo witch practice practitioners that go by like the acronym HRC. Right. Or, yeah. Or Bill Clinton or yes. people like that. But um, I don't know. I think uh, it's more than um, being cursed by ancient voodoo. I think yeah. it's just been a country that's been completely exploited for yeah. 100 years. And 
and keeps going getting over. exploited. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, government oppression, government like corrupt, government yeah. corruption, all this aid being funneled in, and I mean, where has all this yeah. aid gone? We got we got a lot to talk about, and that's that's what this episode is about yeah. because we can't really talk about the assassination of the president of Haiti without really looking at like how did Haiti get to this point right. that that they're in now, where our last president called them a shithole and got a bunch of hell for calling them a shithole. They are deemed the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, yeah. like hands down it, the it poorest is, country. Yeah, it's like the. We we were talking about it and comparing it to Syria, so yeah, it's like yep, I it's can the, see that. the Syria of the Caribbean, <laughs> except it doesn't get as much attention. Mm-hmm. It's, it no. it just gets kind of looked over, like yeah. Um, it, because well, for, first of all, there's no oil there that right. I know of, yes. so that's why we don't pay that much attention yes. to it. So, but we're gonna get there. Before we do, let us remind you all of our coffee fix of freedom once again. This show is brought to you by Run Your Mouth Coffee, the official coffee of freedom, the official coffee of America. Yes, America. I feel like you're like taking a drink of that, like you're going to... I wish. But, I wanted but to. But it wasn't coffee there. No, I know. Run Your Mouth Coffee is founded by uh, the Lions of Liberty guy, John Odermatt, one of the guys from Lions of Liberty, um, and then his his partner in crime, which is Ben Pangy of the Homestead and Homeschools podcast. They make a delicious brew, they deliver it to your door, you drink it, and you can support free speech all at the same time. Can't it's go amazing wrong with how that. that works. I don't really have a anything creative this time, because last time was like the 4th <laughs> of July. Yeah. And then... We went big with that last well, one. Well, then there was the extremism one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's hard to tie them <laughs> to... Haiti. Well, Haiti did used to be one of the biggest coffee producers in the world. They like provided coffee to, I think, over half the world. Really? When they were in their prime, back Damn. when you're talking about. So maybe they could use some run your mouth coffee. Maybe, yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I feel like just like our founding fathers needed coffee. There you go. Haiti needs some people to get some coffee and to step up. Thank you for saving my ass on that. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Drink Run Your Mouth Coffee. Go to rymcoffee.com. Use the promo code BREAKTHEBELL, all one word, and get 10% off your order, plus free shipping. Who doesn't like free shipping? Who doesn't like discounts? I bet the Haitians like discounts and free shipping. I bet they do. (laughs) I don't know what that is. I don't know. I don't know. Now I sound like Biden. I shouldn't say that (laughs) shit. (laughs) We're not not doing a good job. No. Just 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 drink the damn coffee. (laughs) Go to RYM Coffee. Stop letting us trip over our asses on this. RYMCoffee.com. That'd be a good slogan, actually. What's that? Which one? Drink the damn coffee. <laughs> yes. There you go. We got one. We got one. We'll just talk until we get a slogan. There we go. It'll come to us eventually. Just bear with us, people. <laughs> it's kind of like this entire show. We just talk until something comes out right. that's interesting. Um, so, as we said, we are going to talk about this Haitian assassination, the theories around it, the official yeah. story around it, the history of Haiti. Some I I don't think we're gonna go like full blown Haiti no, conspiracy well, theory. Yeah, like you said that it, there's so much shit here that you don't even need to go conspiracy theory because there's so much stuff there on yeah. the surface that is actually happening. Yeah, there, there's just the knowns. Yeah, Dad, you don't even have to dig into conspiracy theory. The knowns are so shitty yeah. of the things that have been done in Haiti and to Haiti to keep them where they are yeah. that we don't even have to look at the, like the oh Haiti is a, a bunch of like. The Clintons are like trafficking yeah. humans through blah blah blah. I mean, 
I would like to dig into that for right. maybe a bonus or something, but we have enough information here that we don't yeah. even have to go there on that side right. of and, it. And, and if you're sitting back and you're thinking, why should I care about Haiti? I see some big things going on with Haiti right now that yeah. are going to end up affecting this country, oh, yeah. if not the Western Hemisphere, big time. I, I just I feel like Haiti is a country where where there's some major shit going on, and it's it's a lot of stuff underneath that's going to end up affecting the rest of us. Oh, it absolutely will. And you should care because, I mean, these are people. They're freaking people. Right. So we're going to get right into this episode. We've overstayed our welcome in this intro. We so have. So it's time to get into this we're gonna and kick off the show. And do the intro. Here we go. What did you say? You talking to me? What what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did he say? What did he say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Did you just say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? All right. We are here. We are. That's about as much as I can say. We are here. Yes. That's all that really matters. Yes. That, that, we don't need anything else. We don't. I got no. some notes in front of me. Who knows if we'll stick with those notes. Yeah. You know, it, it's more of a guideline. Yeah. Like I said last week, when you're on vacation, you're not here, I stick more to my notes and I don't get off topic as much. Right. Yeah. I don't feel like you're the source of getting me off topic, but together our conversations drag us yes. completely off topic. Yes. And so, I mean... I feel like I can stay more focused, but who really wants that? Right, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I feel like... Yeah, nobody wants bullet points. No. I mean, do you want a PowerPoint? We can give you a PowerPoint. Yeah. Be like, mm-hmm. all right, next slide, Bill. Yeah. Right. All right, the, the Haitian president was assassinated on... Right, yeah. No, no nobody like, wants that. Does anybody know what... Uh, anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Bueller. 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 No, no, we like to keep things interesting. Yeah. So, like I said, I got notes, but we'll we'll see where where this conversation yeah. goes. But this is this isn't a a fun conversation to have, really. Yeah, like you said, Haiti's a sob story. Yeah, it's people. Yeah, it's what it is. It, it's people getting exploited, um, and th- for hundred plus years. The interesting thing about Haiti is that they were. The very first independent Caribbean country. Yeah. And they were became a country through an uprising of former slaves. Yeah. So a former slave actually ran the country. So it should be like a heroic yeah. story of it this should. country. Yeah. They even told Napoleon to fuck off. Yeah. I yeah. Because they were impressive. ran by like France. And yeah. then there was like this uprising of former yeah. slaves. It was a French colony. Yeah. And they just said fuck off. And yeah. they were like the first like 
black ran country, yeah. like former slave country. Yeah. And I think that didn't sit well with like surrounding yeah. powers. Right. Like the United States. Right. Especially the southern hemisphere or yeah. the southern half of the United States that mm-hmm. was really close to that. So that's probably where a lot of that came from. We yeah. are going to dig into a lot of the history or at least some of the history of Haiti. We're not going to have time, obviously, to go through step by step every single um, uprising, every single like assassination attempt. Or yeah. we're, we're not going to have time, but we're going to try to hit some of the, the main points. Yeah. But first, I guess let's talk about this assassination, because that's where this whole topic today stems from, is yeah. this assassination of Haiti's president. And I, I don't care what the country is. When you find out that they're, the leader of a country was assassinated— yeah, you instantly go to that. Oh shit! What go? What happens next? Right, right. Because it could go anywhere. It could go to complete, like chaos immediately, or it could turn into, like a military regime, right. like, yeah. um, martial law, martial law type scenario. Which that's kind of where they're sitting right now yeah. is a martial law scenario. They're at uh, they have like different levels. You know how? Remember we have our like threat levels, like right. orange and red. They have like right. three different ones, and they're sitting like right in the middle, which. Um, the borders are closed, and it's basically martial law right now is where they're it. sitting. So so let, let's kick this thing off with the assassination story. Okay. Like the official story, I the guess, first. Story. And then um, we'll talk about some of the doubts surrounding it and some sure. of the other theories surrounding it. So the president was assassinated on – what day was that? It was uh, five uh, days ago, six days ago. Yeah. It was July like seventh or something like that. So this article came out July eighth, and this one's from CNN. So we'll see what our good buddies at CNN have to say about this whole thing. So it says Haiti President Jovenel Mo. How do you say that? Moise. Well, it's gonna have a French accent to it. Moise. 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 I'm just gonna call him Moise. Jovenel Moise assassinated in an attack on his residence, and this was all cut on. Security footage, too, which was the yes. bizarre part. Yeah. And in front of his wife, I believe. Yeah, I believe so, too. I think she wasn't she hospitalized. Wasn't she injured? Or yeah, something? she was injured. Says Haiti's president, Jovenel Moyes, was killed during an attack on his private residence early on Wednesday. So last Wednesday, um, not quite a week ago, five days ago. According to the country's acting prime minister, Claude Joseph, who is de- who has declared a state of siege? That's that's the threat level they're at now. Oh, a state of siege. siege. Okay. In the country, the attacker stormed Moise's home at around 1 a.m. and fatally wounded the head of state, according to the acting prime minister, who described the assassination as a heinous, inhumane, and barbaric act. Haiti's first lady, Martine Moise, was shot in the attack and is being evacuated to a hospital in Miami for treatment, said Haiti's ambassador to the U.S. So it goes on to say, Haitian National Police have detained two suspects and killed four others connected to the assassination. So this is this came out on the eighth. This was when this article. Oh, so gotcha. this is okay. just days or a day or two after. Okay, after nights. they killed so, the assassination. So things have updated since. And I told you when you were before you got here, you were sending me articles. I was like, D- this shit is updating yeah, like hourly. Yeah. So There's actually one of the ones I was looking at. I think the New York Times one was like, this is like a live. Like updates, yeah, like yeah. So it, it's changing. Like their suspects are changing. Yeah, but as of July eighth, uh, they had detained two suspects and killed four others connected to the assassination. I think now they're talking like twenty eight or so. Twenty eight like people that. involved in it. Holy crap! Right. We are trying to move forward and see how we can identify more of those who participate in this horrible act. 
Edmund added that the suspects who were arrested and killed were foreigners, and police are in the process of determining their nationalities. Yeah, I, one of the articles I saw said that they uh, many of them were Colombian mercenaries. Yes. Yep, that's I, I've got some of the official story on that. I think my next article, this was just like saying the actual events, and oh, then the gotcha. next one was like what the official story is on where they came from, some of them came from, and things like that. So Okay, I will hold my tongue until we get there. All right, I, I just wanted to give like the... The main narrative yeah. of, the, of the the murder there. Okay. So it says, video from the scene showed them speaking Spanish, and they presented themselves as drug and enforcement administration agents, so DEA agents. So they were posing, quote-unquote, yeah. posing as DEA agents. Yeah, and from what I heard, that they when they when they came in, they actually yelled, DEA! Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw the video, and they were yelling it. Yeah. I believe that they are fake DEA agents, he told reporters on Wednesday. We don't know how they came in, Edmund said, adding that they didn't know if the attackers were still in the country. He said if they have left, it would have been via a land border with the Dominican Republic because Haiti would have detected plane, a plane leaving and the airport has been closed since the attack. So they couldn't have got out by air because they've already mm -hmm. closed the airports because of this threat level, siege, siege level that they're at. So they're saying if they got out of the country, they went through the Dominican Republic. Gotcha. Says the country has been reeling from violence for weeks, addressing the nation in a televised statement. The acting prime minister, Joseph, declared a state of siege in Haiti and pleaded with citizens to remain calm. That's really hard to convince your, your country there. That's already in, like, a really shitty state. Right. <clears throat> to remain calm. Like, your yeah. president just got assassinated at his yeah. own home. Yeah, right. But remain calm. Don't yeah. worry, everybody. we got to remain calm. Yeah, yeah that, that's tough to do. So I wanted to pull up this next one. It's still from uh, CNN because this was the official story that they're giving. And this is what a lot of, like, the political opposition to the party that's in yeah, charge right, right now is questioning this. Gotcha. Because they're like, eh, eh, that doesn't add up. So this is the official story that they're giving. This, again, like I said, is from CNN. Yeah. So... This says Haiti assassins allegedly involved Americans and retired members of the Colombian military, officials have said. The violent fallout from the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moyes was evident on Friday near his private residence in the capital of Port-au-Prince. Burned-out cars, spent bullet casings, bloodstains, and bullet-pocked walls were, the remained, were what remained of a shootout between police and some of the suspected uh, assassins on Route de Kinskoff. Hmm. So there was a shoot-off with some of these. Why are they giving me ads for these ugly-ass shoes? Oh, there's some ugly-ass shoes. <laughs> Haitian authorities told CNN that three burnout cars belonged to the members of the armed group who, who assassinated Moyes early Wednesday morning. The armed group are professional killers, consisting of more than two dozen people, including two American citizens and retired members of the Colombian military, authorities have said. I see how certain individuals could question this official story because it was like within like a day they come out and they're like, yeah, oh, they're right. Colombians and, yeah. and Americans. We know this. We know for it's just like, really, you they're that right. sloppy. They happen to get that close to the president to where they could kill him. Right. But they're that sloppy that you knew immediately yeah. who did it. Right. So I, I shady. Yeah, I see how they could possibly question that. But as more details begin to emerge, 
of the people who allegedly killed Moyes, little is known about the suspected masterminds and their motivation for the attack. Police have so far arrested 20 suspects in connection with the fatal shooting and a mass and a mass countrywide manhunt is underway for at least five additional suspects. Police pre- previously said, I can't read tonight. Mm-mm. Police previously said that 28 people are suspected in the assassination. On Friday, police published a list of names of 19 suspects who had been apprehended by authorities, which they said included 17 Colombians, two Haitian Americans. Shortly afterwards, police announced that the additional Colombian su- suspect had been arrested. State Department is aware of the arrest of two U.S. citizens in Haiti following the attack. A State Department official said on Friday, adding the U.S. was sending investigative assistance to the country on request. That, mm. What do you think about that? Yeah, investigative assistance. From the U.S.? Yeah. What, what are they going to send the CIA in? Right, yeah, that, exactly. I mean, because that's worst-case scenario. Yeah, there. right. They show up, you know you're done. It says the Haitian government on Friday requested U.S. troops to help protect infrastructure Ports, airports, and energy systems following the assassination. Hmm. What do you think of that? It's not, I mean, at first when I saw that there was potential for the U.S. troops going, I'm like, right. oh, shit. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's it's like, gonna here be comes bad. 51st state. <laughs> yeah, but it says the Haitian government requested requested it. But, but who in the Haitian government? Well, that's a good question. Because apparently this Moyes guy was kind of, a scumbag himself, right? Well, and and didn't you say that the uh, the guy that was like next in line there was like a Supreme Court judge? Oh yeah, and he he died also. I forgot about that whole part. Holy shit! Yeah, the so I saw an article last week before we even decided to talk about right. this. So Hades. Let me see if I can pull up the text because I was texting you and yeah. my brother at the same time and. I can probably find exactly what I was saying. Because the Haitian president dies, right? Yes. Let me see. Sorry, this will be a second. Yeah. The um, the fact that they're like, I don't know, the fact that CNN is spending, or in, well, all the news is like focusing so much on this mm-hmm. also lends me to believe that they're really pushing for U.S. involvement. Yeah. Which is also something that's just... And, and again, we'll we'll get into that, but um, it, it, you can follow the agenda by where the media is talking. It's kind of like a pro wrestling match, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of know, like, where they're taking the, the, the match or how they're prolonging it based on what the announcers are talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's exactly kind of what it is. And um, so this was back a few days ago. Uh, so this is July 7th. So this was okay. like a, the next day because yeah. I had texted you and my brother the same thing. I said, another hilarious detail. The head of the, their Supreme Court just died of COVID. Mm-hmm. The head of the Supreme Court hadn't even been put in the ground at this point. Yeah. Because they were asking somebody in the country, well, like, who who takes over from here? And like, well, it's supposed to be the head of the Supreme Court is like next line of succession. Yeah. But he just died of COVID. Yeah, right. COVID. COVID. Yeah. So so now what? <laughs> right. You know, like, it, it just seems too convenient that yeah. the president's assassinated days after the guy that's supposed to be number two mm-hmm. dies of COVID. And maybe, and maybe that was the, the tipping point. Maybe whoever 
was had has their eyes on the throne the the supreme court guy dies and he's like oh shit we need to move up our timetable this is the time to act now it'd be nice to know who number three was because yeah. that would say a well, lot that, like oh number say, two's dead right yeah but, so but i'm next <laughs> conveniently number three has remained in the uh mm-hmm. in the shadows so yeah so that that leaves us in this really obviously a shitty spot when yeah. number one and number two are both dead right? for unrelated reasons supposedly yeah. i mean that's like okay biden and kamala harris have both died hmm right Doesn't yeah i'm leaving nancy pelosi yeah <laughs> next in line <laughs> right. so imagine being haiti and knowing that they have a pelosi coming in to oh, <laughs> take over right no kidding <laughs> so it says haiti's acting prime minister uh, Claude Joseph also asked the U.N. to deploy troops to help secure the country's ports, airports, and oil terminals. In addition, he asked the agency for assistance with elect- or electoral security and to help further investigate the assassination. Electoral security? Like to help the Secure the, the election. Well, yeah, so what I was saying about this president being kind of shitty yeah. was he kind of— because supposedly the rule is like it, they're president for two years or four years or whatever after the day that he is elected. But he decided that it's actually supposed to be two years or four years from the day he takes office. So he's kind of been in longer than he's supposed to be. So that's kind of what led up to the last few months they were saying how there's been kind of some violence and stuff and protests going on around the area. Yeah. It's all all surrounding that. So it's not like everything was calm and and fine, and then all of a sudden the president was assassinated. Right. This guy was kind of doing shady stuff and kind of getting under people's skin. So he's, he's not making any friends yeah. in the last few months. So at this point, it could be anybody. Right. Right. But it, some of these things here kind of makes this— Prime Minister Claude Joseph seemed suspect how he let's let's bring in US troops and why don't we bring in UN troops right. and we can secure the elections and yeah. the airports and the port I mean I maybe he's just doing it out of fear of the mob rising maybe. and, right. and taking over. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of gangs in in, in Haiti too. Right. Yeah. But on the other side, it's like the government there is very corrupt. So yeah. he could have had his own motivations for getting rid of the 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 president there yeah and maybe maybe he's got some kind of deal with the un to right kind of change things up a little bit yeah so who knows who knows i i I mean i don't know there's not any answers to this yet there's like i said there's developing stuff and developing stuff but nothing is really there's no real answer to why this happened and it said that at the beginning it's like the real we we have all these suspects, yeah, but we don't know the mastermind or the motivation behind yeah. it. I, I have an article here. This was just published an hour ago. Yeah, I was gonna get to that. Oh, I'm sorry. About <laughs> no, I was gonna bring that up at the end, but this kind of seems like probably a good time to bring that yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Um, is that the the That's one about the several tied to Haiti assassination plot were previous U.S. law enforcement informants? Yeah. CNN. Just go ahead and start reading it. <clears throat> all right. I don't know if I have it pulled up. Uh, so several of the men involved in the operation that killed Haiti's president previously worked as U.S. law enforcement informants, according to people briefed on the matter as U.S. investigators grapple with an increasing number of Florida links to the alleged hit squad. At least one man, one of the men arrested by Haitian authorities previously worked as an informant for the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA said in a statement uh, to CNN. 
At times, one of the suspects in the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moise, Moist was a confidential source. Why'd you have to go there? I'm sorry. Now I'm not going to be able to see it the same. <laughs> uh, source to the DEA. Um, following the assassination of President Moise, <laughs> the suspect reached out to the contacts uh, at the DEA, DEA. A DEA official assigned to Haiti urged the suspect to surrender to the local authorities and, along with U.S. State Department official, provided information to the Haitian government that assisted in the surrender and arrest of the suspect and one other individual. The DEA said it is aware of reports that some assassins yelled DEA at the time of the attack. The DEA said in its statement that none of the attackers were operating on behalf of the agency. Allegedly. Allegedly, but there are informants of the agency, possibly? Yes. Uh, It says, uh, Moise was killed Wednesday in an operation with Haitian authorities say involved at least 28 people, many of them Colombian mercenaries hired through a Florida-based security company. Authorities on Monday announced that the arrest of suspect who they say orchestrated the assassination, Christian Emmanuel Sanan, 63, entered the country in a private jet in June. Police Chief Charles Leon, Leon Charles said in a, as a news conference. Haitian authorities say that Sanan hired Florida-based CTU security, which they alleged recruited men initially to provide security for Sanan though their mission appears to have changed thereafter. No Apparently. shit. Really? <laughs> okay, instead of protecting me, let's go kill the president. <laughs> I mean, what a better way to protect me than right. killing the president? Killing him. Um, it says, it's not clear that the men who worked as U.S. law enforcement informants wittingly participated in the assassination plot or were aware of the mission, the people briefed on the matter said. Asian so what do you do? Get all the way to the president's compound, and right. they're like, okay, kill him now. And, and you're like, oh, oh. 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 Oh, that's Shit. what we're doing. Well, I, I, had no, I, I had no idea that's what we were doing <laughs> Yeah, here. I thought we were just going to run in and say DEA and scare the guy. <laughs> Haitian authorities have provided limited details on the investigation, but the growing number of Florida connections to the plot appear to portray an operation at least partly hatched in the United States. That may increase the likelihood that the U.S. Justice Department could bring charges against any U.S. participants in the plot. Haitian authorities have said three U.S. citizens are under arrest for their involvement in the assassination. So now it's up to three with that guy. He was like a doctor operating out of Florida or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. who um, I think I had sent you another article um, that says, oh, yeah, that he thought that um, he said God was calling him to take over Haiti. Yeah, and he was like wanting to run for president himself. So I I think I'll save that little bit for at the end when we get into kind of like wrap this shit up. Yeah. And maybe we'll see if there's any new updates within the last hour or two. They're so diligent. Yes. So um, like I said, that's the official story is these Colombian mercenaries with like two Americans. And it's just like. It yeah. do, it doesn't really make sense. No, though. well, the fact that they're like, oh, well, these a Florida security company hired these guys to work security for this guy mm-hmm. that was flying to Haiti, right? Yeah, and then so who is this Florida organization? This security company, right? Well, apparently, it's like a like a Venezuelan security company based in Florida or something really? is what I I had read. Yeah, so hmm. um, yeah, there's I don't know. It just like keeps getting broader and broader right. and broader because we have Colombians, we have um, th- I guess there's like ties to like Syria or something like that. And I, Holy I, shit. I, it, this <laughs> just goes on and on. Well, maybe they're making, wanting to make Haiti into like a, a naval base for Venezuela or something. I don't know. That could be. So there have been doubts surrounding 
like I said, um, the official story, especially from um, political opponents of right. the party that's in power right now. So this one says, um, doubts raised about who was behind the assassination of Haiti's president. So this is from The Guardian. Okay. It, it talks about questions have been raised over Haiti's official narrative um, for the assassination of its president, Moist, Moist, who was gunned down at his mansion on Wednesday. Haitian <laughs> police and the politicians who stepped into the political vacuum created by Moise's killing have claimed he was shot at about 1 a.m. by members of predominantly Colombian hit squad who had stormed the president's hillside residence. Foreigners came to our country to kill the president, police chief Leon Charles alleged after the shooting. I mean, how easy would it be to get people riled up on your side by just saying, oh, it's those damn Colombians. Oh, yeah, right, right. Or it's the damn American mercenaries or yeah. something, you know, and have an inside job happen but just mm. point at oh, like yeah. one of these Foreign other people, organizations. Yeah. Hell, it could be the police chief behind it all. Yeah, right. However, opposition politicians and media reports in Haiti, or in Haiti and Colombia are now casting doubt on this version as uncertainty grips the Caribbean country and the streets of the capital remain eerily quiet amid fears Haiti is lurching into a new phase of political and social upheaval. 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 On Friday, Stephen Benoit, a prominent opposition politician and former senator, told local radio station the president was assassinated by his own guards, not by Colombians. That's a twist. Hmm. Says a report in the Colombian magazine Semana citing an anonymous source, suggested the former Colombian soldiers had traveled to Haiti after being hired to protect Moyes, who had reputedly been receiving death threats rather than kill him. So hmm. apparently there was Colombian soldiers hired to protect him because he was receiving death threats. So now they're blaming these hired people that were supposed to protect him for killing Interesting. I, this is a mess. Yeah. Says further adding to the mystery, the Colombian newspaper El Tiempo claimed a source had told it that security footage from the presidential compound showed that the Colombian operatives arrived there between 2.30 and 2.40 on Wednesday. What time did they say? 1 a.m. So security footage says the Colombians got there <laughs> so an hour and a half to two hours later. They showed up and he's already dead and they're like, shit, we yes. missed it. Damn it. <laughs> says that means they arrived one and a half hours after the crime against the president, the source was quoted saying. Hmm. Is this not the most bizarre thing? Like, Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't, like, are, how, how do you get a straight story out of all of this? Right. So the interesting thing here is this. It says the presence of such large number of foreigners, because you heard uh, there was different waves of these Colombians coming into the country. Yeah says the presence of such large numbers of foreigners among the Haitian leaders alleged killers had alleged killers has shocked many particularly particularly in Haiti itself so they're pointing their finger at all these mercenaries coming into the country and saying yeah. it's their fault it says but Colombian guns for hire have been turning up in war zones around the world including Yemen Iraq Israel and Afghanistan for years Many were once trained by U.S. soldiers and have spent, having spent years battling insurgent groups or drug traffickers within Colombia, go on to find work with U.S. private military contractors. Hmm. So these people have been private contracted and trained by the U.S. and sent to all these different like war-stricken countries or um, gang-rivaled 
rebel countries to kind of right do their bidding, I guess, or right smooth things over. I don't know, but right. be fixers. Yeah, so it's not uncommon for them to be there. So right. it's not like this is they just came in right. and killed the president and left. No, these people are in and out all the time in mm. this country. So a it's not surprising that they're there. B, the fact that they're tied to um, U.S. private military contractors is telling to me. Right, like, yeah, definitely. I mean, yes, you point at Colombia, like, oh, these are Colombian mercenaries. It's like, but are they working for U.S. private military contractors? Yeah. Because that could end really badly for us. There was, oh, my gosh. There was... <laughs> Did you just get a, an aneurysm? No, there was... <laughs> I just had like a flash in my mind of an article I read where somebody was talking about another assassination and that and the person that said that they had used um Colombian um Operas? mercenaries to huh. do it. I think it was an attempted assassination on Fidel Castro. The CIA used Colombian mercenaries to try to infiltrate Cuba to to take out Fidel that sounds Castro. About right. That sounds. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So we got this contested election here. This guy that's wanting to stay in power here, and certain people don't want him in power there, right? And maybe he's not really working hand in hand with the bigger players in the world, like the right. global powers. Whether that I'm not going to say it's the well, U.S. May, maybe it's Venezuela. Maybe, I mean, they're like they're said, mo making moves. They're they got friends in Iran and in Russia now. Sure. I mean, that's yeah, maybe it's like Haiti's prime. Real estate right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like right there in the right. Gulf. Like it'd be a perfect spot for a port. I mean, ask the yeah. Clintons. They tried building a port there. Right. Um, so, yeah, whatever global power it is yeah. to decide, hey, we want to persuade you to go a different direction. So right. they hire off these Colombians. Why the Colombians? But, I mean, yeah. they must be some good fighters. <laughs> Must have some good mercenaries in Colombia. So if you ever, no, let's try to hire some. If you ever want to put out a hit on somebody, go to Colombia. Even though go. for some reason it's really easy to track these guys down, <laughs> they can't be that great at their job. Well, they try to throw them off by yelling DEA. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn! <laughs> Never would have one coming. <laughs> Never would. Wow, how did we? How did they even? I know. See past that facade, I know, right? They probably wrote on I mean, the T-shirt DEA. Yeah, it was a foolproof plan. <laughs> I know, right? How did we miss this? Yeah, How did they mess beautiful. that up? Oh God! Um, no comments yet. If you got anything to say about this, about this assassination, if you got any opinions, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's conspiracy theories that I don't even want to really dig into because Haiti has been like grounds for it's like. A playground for the elitist for exploitation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Almost since their existence. Yeah. Are we ready? Do you have anything else about the assassination? Or you, we want to no, just take a dive into their history. Let's dive into the history because, I, 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 like you said, we're saving the last thing for the last so we'll, thing. So, yeah, let's, so we'll talk more about yeah. We'll We'll wrap this thing up with a an ugly bow at the end. Come, We'll bring it back to the assassination yeah. and some of the, the stuff surrounding that. But we do want to give... You a nice history lesson yeah. of because, like you said, on, on the on the paper on the on paper, Haiti and and it, its initial history. I mean, sounds like it should be like a miniseries, like mm -hmm. Roots or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, slaves overthrow the the tyrannical slave owners to take over this this country, 
And like you said, it takes a, a really sharp turn and becomes really, really nasty. Yeah. Really, yeah. really fast. So this article here, a bit of reading and a lot of talking is what we're going to do. Yes. So bear with the articles. We will talk to you. There's just, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here to unpack. So we're going to read and then unpack. So this is from Al Jazeera. It's, it's titled, Haiti's Turbulent Political History, a Timeline. So it says, Haiti became Latin America and the Caribbean's first independent state of the colonial era and the first black-led republic when it threw off French rule in the 19th century. It's like hero story. Right, It's right. like Game of Thrones yeah. story or something. Oh, yeah, some, right, some right. Some crazy shit like David that. David and Goliath. They yeah. took out Napoleon. Right. It says, but it has suffered cycles of violence, invasion, and, rep and repression for most of its subsequent history, including the dynast dynastic Duvalier dictatorship. Yes. So it says, here are some key events in Haiti's political history. So this just kind of a breakdown. 1492, Spain colonized the island of Hispaniola after arriving, after Christopher Columbus arrived. That's like <sighs> where... Christopher Columbus. He started all this. So he landed on the island of Hispaniola, right? Yeah. So in 1801, former slave Tassuant Lavertour. I I don't I don't speak French, so I'm going to butcher no. all of oh these names. Oh my gosh! You just throw a little Tassuant Lavertour. <laughs> so there's just was and twas at the end. <laughs> there you go. Tassuant Lavertour. <laughs> <laughs> sounds right. It does. It sounds perfect. Keep going. Leads a successful revolt and abolishes slavery. So he's a former slave. He revolts and abolishes slavery, and now he runs. Or like he basically runs the show here that's, as a former slave. That's perfect. In 1804, Haiti becomes independent under former slave Jean-Jacques Dessalines, who was assassinated then in 1806. So right off the bat. Right, yeah. It starts out looking great and then immediately shitty. So two yeah. years after Haiti became independent, their first leader, former slave, was assassinated two years later. Yeah. Then it goes all the way to 1915, because there's a lot of shit in between there. Right, that, yeah. that, I mean, there's a lot of revolts and uprisings and change yeah. change of hands and change of leadership. But this one goes all the way to 1915, where guess what? The United States invades Haiti. Okay. For the first it, time. The first time we right. invaded now, Haiti. Now, this, this was part of the uh, Spanish-American War? No, this was... There was like an uprising and like violence and stuff. Like another president was assassinated. Oh, gotcha. This was after this was the last time one of their presidents got assassinated. Gotcha. And then there was just a lot of violence and stuff. So the United States invaded. So nineteen fifteen, is that is that That's um, the start of World War One. So that's Woodward Wilson. Yes. Okay, gotcha. There's a lot of speculation in other articles that this was just like a strategic move for the United oh, States sure. because of World War One, well, uh, Haiti was like reaching out and like getting like cooperation from Germany and stuff. So that's uh, why. Okay. World, well, World I know. War Wilson <laughs> came. In. I, I know that uh, Roosevelt, the first one, Teddy. Yes. He uh, he was really big on naval superiority, mm -hmm. and so he had read some book, and I can't remember what it was, but. After that, he began like this whole colonization where he was trying to take over all these islands for naval bases, mm -hmm. and and that's when he like screwed over Panama for the Panama Canal and all that yeah, shit. That makes sense. And so I didn't know if if Haiti was part of Roosevelt's I, overreach. I I think it was a, it was a part of all that. Like they were trying to expand further into the Caribbean. 
Um, so this one's just a, a brief breakdown. I think some of the other articles that talk about the history might break it down a little more if we get there. Okay. But so the United States invaded Haiti from 1915, and they were there until 1943. So you're talking almost 30 years That's of quite a while. almost yeah, almost 30 years of uh, the U.S. occupying Haiti. Yeah. And I guess there was like massacres there that yeah, really. our our troops, our own troops, like I believe it. I mean, Wilson was a piece of shit. I think there was like 2,000 Haitians that were like massacred yeah. in like a day or something. I believe it. Um, so they keep a financial control. And political influence. Obviously, the U.S. has to do that. Of course. So 1943, just before, or right about when we entered. When did we enter World War II? Uh, 17, 1917. No, in World War II. Oh, World War II. Oh, it was... um, Was it 44? 44. So a year before. In 37, in the worst incident of longstanding rivalry, rivalry with neighboring Dominican Republic, thousands of Haitians in the border area are massacred by Dominican troops on the border of dictator True... On the orders of dictator Tru- Trujillo. 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 57, this Francois du- Duvalier, who is called Papa Doc. And, and I guarantee you the United States supported him taking over because oh, they of communism. Did. He was against communism. That's exactly why. Because yes. he was like a, basically a Nazi dictator. Yes. Um, he was a horrible dictator is what yes. he was. Yes. And the U.S. did back him for exactly that reason because they wanted to— Maintain that was their mo back then a non-communist stronghold in the Caribbean yeah. because Cuba fell, yeah. a lot of the South American states mm-hmm. were falling, and so they were like, well, at least if we got this dictator here, he's not right. a communist, so we should support yeah. this guy, right? So it says he takes power with military backing, ushering in a period which sees widespread human rights abuses. No surprise. In 64, Duvalier declares himself president for life. Love that. Yes, that's my favorite title. Yes. Is president for life. His dictatorship is marked by repression, enforced by the feared Taunton Macout secret police. So his own secret police. Basically, brown shirts of (laughs) that island. Gestapo. Gestapo. Duvalier dies in 71 and is succeeded by his son, Jean-Claude, or Baby Doc. Baby Doc. That doesn't even sound... Not, I mean, It's not intimidating No, at all. not even his, Papa Doc. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, the evil Papa Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Repression increases under Baby Doc. In the following decades, thousands of Haitian boat people flee by sea to Florida. So, that, yeah. I mean, this is... You're talking hundreds of miles to Florida yeah. from Haiti. It's not... It, it's... Quite a bit further than Cuba to yeah. Florida. <laughs> yeah. And people die coming from Cuba yeah. all the time. Oh, uh, let's see. In 86, po- a popular revolt forces Baby Doc to flee Haiti to exile in France. Lieutenant General Henry Namphy takes over. In 88, General Prosper Avril takes over from Namphy in a coup. So there's another coup. Yeah. I mean, it's just jump. So Baby yeah, Doc was basically taking overs. a coup against Baby Doc. Yeah. Namphy takes over. A coup against Namphy. Yeah. Avril takes over. Avril declares a state of siege amid protests in 1990, but resigns ahead of elections under international pressure. It sounds familiar. A voter, voter protests and stuff like that. This was mm-hmm. a contested election. Um, he declares a state of siege, but he still leaves under pressure. In 1990, also, former parish priest Jean Bertrand Aristide a left-wing champion of the poor, <laughs> Joe Biden, right. uh, wins Haiti's first free election. He is removed in a coup in 91. Wow. 
Right? Wow. You can see how this goes. Yeah. In 1994, guess what happens? A coup? The U.S. troops intervened oh. to oust the military regime of the Arstide and Arstide returned. So apparently the U.S. wanted that Arstide guy that left in a um, – he was the one that left because of the elections fraud and stuff like gotcha, that. Gotcha, gotcha. So after protests, he left. But the U.S. troops intervened after a couple of coups and put him back in power. So he must be, like, in the U.S. pocketbook. Yeah. UN peacekeepers deploy in 95. Peacekeepers. UN peacekeepers. peacekeepers. That, that, and that's this, the title. This is the, the Clinton uh, era. Yeah, this is the Clinton era, and this is we're going to get heavily heavy into the Clinton involvement yes. in Haiti in the second half. And Perfect. like I said, I'm not going to talk about the conspiracy theories, like yeah. the crazy shit. Right. I'm just talking about the Clinton Foundation involvement yeah. and failure and the consequence of a shitty comp- country becoming shittier because mm-hmm. of their exploitation of this country. Yeah. So 95 or 94 U.S. troops intervene, put the Arstide back in. U.N. peacekeepers come in 95, and Arstide's protege, Rene Preval, is elected president. So this is declared like one of the first democratically elected presidents for years because of all these coups and stuff. Sure. So this was a, a huge thing for them was this, this election and this mm-hmm. president. 99, Arstide is elected president for second term, despite disputed results. He didn't learn his lesson the first time. Right. All the way to 2004, political unrest forces Arstide to flee the country again, but the, con- the country descends into violence. In 2006, Preval wins election. So Preval's back again. So yeah. Arstide, Preval, Arstide, Preval. They must be great presidents. Yeah. 2008 to 2010, series of protests triggered by food shortages, a cholera outbreak, and then over elections. What they don't mention in this article is the cholera outbreak specifically came from the UNN base there. Mm-hmm. We talked about that in our Dr. Fauci episode. Right. 2010, the earth, catastrophic earthquake kills between 100,000 uh, and 300,000 people. That's crazy. According to various estimates, causing widespread damage in Port-au-Prince and elsewhere. Despite an international relief effort headed by the Clintons, yes. the country is all but overwhelmed, exacerbated political, social, and economic problems. 2011, Michael Martley wins the second round of presidential elections. From 12 to 14, um, it says... Frequent anti-government protests fueled by corruption and poverty. Demonstrators demand Martelly's resign. <clears throat> 2017, this Jovenal Moise, the guy that was just assassinated, a former banana exporter turned politician, is declared winner of the 2016 presidential election. In 19, Moise steady, steadily amasses power and rules by decree after Haiti fails to hold elections due to political gridlock and unrest. Oh, so, of course. It's convenient. So, yeah, there's gridlock. They say, all right, no elections at all. I'm still president. So you can see why they, some people don't like this guy. In 2021, thousands take to the streets chan- chanting no to dictatorship and call for Moise's rec- uh, resignation. And what year was that? That was this year. Oh, okay. So like I said, leading up to this, yeah, hasn't been like calm by any stretch. Right. Like people didn't like this guy already. They wanted him out already. Right. So. Who knows who took him out? Because there's a long list of he people that wanted him gone. Yeah. Somebody heard the call and was like, "I got this." Yeah, yeah. Or was called by God, right. according to that one thing that you had read. Yeah. So, what do you think of that breakdown? 
that sounds pretty horrible, <laughs> right? <laughs> Could you imagine living in a country that is, I mean, overturned constantly by military coups and, and assassinations? Well, and, and then, like I said, exploited by yeah. outside, Outsiders, like foreign, right. foreign entities, like yeah. coming in, foreign like powers coming in and saying, you know, uh, we want you to run the country this way, and or we'll give your corrupt government X amount of money to let us do X, Y, Z in this country yeah. to make it better, and then just drain them of the resources. Right. So, I have other articles of other things that went on during <laughs> those a hundred plus years, or almost two hundred plus years with the eighteen hundreds. But I, I kind I don't want to just read articles. I want to kind of talk yeah. about them because, I mean, there was a lot of shitty stuff that happened. One of them being during the. I think it was that Papa Doc's era mm -hmm. that the U.S. backed them or backed him. There was a big push for them to move away from agriculture and move into um, manufacturing. Mm. And so, like we had talked about, there are a flourishing coffee distributor. Right. Outside sources pushed that away from, pushed them out of that. Outside. Yeah, As no, in probably coffee people. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it was probably um Folgers. Well, yeah, because then they started importing stuff from other countries. Right. And then they wanted to focus on industrializing, becoming an industrialized country, but so that that just failed miserably. So, so the so piss poor management. Someone's like, "Hey, we can build our own cars." Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want a Haiti car? Right. <laughs> no, it, it, it was absolutely outside sources, and it just pisses me off. Like the whole the whole thing behind it, because yeah. I mean, the country can survive on its own. It was yeah. doing it for a while, right? And then, well, okay. Starting off, there was a lot of pushback from the United States. The United right. States won't even um, acknowledge acknowledge them. that they were a free country from right. France because. They were ran by former slaves. Right, right. So, and like the like I said, the southern half was definitely against it. Mm -hmm. All the United States at the time was because well, Civil War hadn't fought and, yet. And if you're in Haiti, right, and your primary export is going to be agriculture. Right. Now, the nearest biggest country to you, the United States, right. would be a perfect trading partner. Yeah. But they're not going to trade with slaves. No, that that was it. They wanted yeah. to recognize right. them, so they wanted to trade with them. So there, yeah. was, there was not that... right. Immediately, they didn't have the financial backing, right. like for for trading yeah. with their closest country, which was Florida, right there. Like mm -hmm. you said. On the other hand, France came and told them that they could be independent, but they had to pay reparations to France. Like they had to pretty much buy themselves from uh, France. Buy them off. Yeah, they had to buy their independence from France, and that was like. $160 million or something, which nowadays would be like billions and billions right. of dollars. And it just it just wasn't. Right. Like they were paying like 80% or 90% of their GDP just to pay off grants. Oh, yeah. And it I wasn't mean, even touching it. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I, there's no way you can do that. No, no. And um, that immediately put them in a really... Um, I, I'm curious. Position. Did they did they ever pay off France, or are they still paying France? No, because the U.S. came in and bought off their debt uh, from France. Uh, uh, plot thickens. 
So they get out from under France, France but not the U.S. But now they owe the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they still owe the U.S. or not, but that, the last I heard was the U.S. At, when I think it was when the U.S. came and occupied it in like the early yeah 1900s before around World War One 1915 yeah so they they ended up buying off a lot of their debt hmm. and consolidating it was one of those right. debt consolidation <laughs> yeah. loans that you hear about yeah I mean, you want to want to pay off your debt yeah. faster just get in more debt with us and yeah we'll, and just you know 25 percent interest rate. Yeah. So so pay us more money to pay your debt and then you yeah. pay us your debt. Yeah, because and we're closer. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it was just basically a debt consolidation loan. It was just the US's way of Yeah. Fucking colonizing basically. Yeah, right, right. Colonizing it's, through uh repression. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So I mean that that gets you yeah, we saw all these bullet points of the history side of it. Mm-hmm. We saw all these like tipping points and these um, overthrows and yeah, I mean, there's there's no chance this country had a shot because no. of all the all these people just trying to. Well, I mean, like we were talking about, I mean, you can't start a country in the hole like yeah. that, right? No, I mean, exactly. Think about if the United States would have tried to start um, well, having I mean, they, to owe right what they owed like war debts. Obviously. Yeah, they did. I mean, they did owe France but, uh, for coming and help them and everything, but you know. Fortunately, France had their own little revolution, and mm-hmm. and that kind of helped out things a bit. But um, but just imagine if they had to, um, if they had to pay Britain, like buy right, themselves yeah. from Britain. Right. Obviously, yeah. Britain is going to set themselves up yeah. to where they're never going to pay that off. Yeah. Obviously, it, it's like a credit card company. When they sent the minimum payments, they yeah. set you up to never pay off that debt because right. they want to right. own you forever. Or, or and then they once you pay it down a little, they're like, "Well, we're going to boost your credit limit up to right. from yeah. five thousand now know. to ten thousand. It's I, like I really Ooh. don't need that shirt, but yeah. okay. Yeah, and so it, it's just it's just like that. Like yeah. they still own them, but yeah. they were a free, independent country. Right. Yeah, and. Then you get to the United States that exploited them mm-hmm. through like like big corporations coming in and saying, "Well, you don't need your agriculture. We can. Yeah. Why don't you bring in our agriculture and you guys shift over to, to yeah manufacturing. manufacturing?" And they're like, "But we have all this fertile soil. Nah. Doesn't matter. Just nah. build factories. Right. Just, just burn it all. <laughs> That's basically what it was. <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. and so they just gave up on their own." Um, yeah. Agriculture yeah. shifted to this manufacturing yeah, their that own just, resources, and it never really kicked yeah, off. And right. So, I mean, when you think about Haiti, I mean, it should be a flourishing tourist community. You would think, right? I mean, look at it, the rest of the Caribbean, but right? No, nobody goes there because no. they don't want to get well voodoo, <laughs> and they don't want to get kidnapped and murdered, right? Or traded to the Clintons. Let's see some more history. It says in 1990, charismatic shantytown former priest Jean Bertrand Art Arstide. Swept, we talked about him, swept to victory as Haiti's first democratically elected president. So that was in 1990. Yeah, and he's the guy that, that was that had left. a heart for the poor. No, I don't. He was the one that, there was the contested election. He left, he came back, was reelected, oh, and gotcha. then contested, gotcha. and left again. Gotcha. Says eight months later, he was ousted in a bloody military coup. So this gets more detailed here than, mm-hmm. than that last article. He returned in 94 <laughs> thanks to a U.S. military intervention. Thank you, U.S. military. 
In 96, he handed power to his political heir, former Prime Minister Praval, who had won a presidential election in the first ever democratic transition of power. So that he won, supposedly, the first democratic election. Yeah. And then the second election was the first Democrat transition from one to the next without a bloody yeah. coup. <laughs> right. So it was the first time it wasn't a transition through bloody means. Right. Says in 96, okay, so it says he returned to power in 2001 in a vote dogged by claims of rigging. No way. <laughs> Accused of fostering corruption and human rights abuses, he was forced to quit in 2004 in the face of an armed rebellion and under international pressure. He went to exile in South Africa, and the UN took control of the country for two years, also sending in peacekeeping forces. So the UN first went there, not because of the earthquake. They went there because right. the country was falling apart after this guy was kicked out of office. Right. And he was he was clearly supported by the US. So when the people were just like, We don't want this fucking guy. We sent him away once. Yeah. Why is he here again? Yeah. So they sent him away again, and now the UN has to come in for peacekeeping because somebody wants control of this damn country. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't want it to be the Haitians. Uh, we got to talk about the UN's mission to Haiti. Okay. The UN's nation's stabilization mission to Haiti. The United Nations stabilization mission to Haiti. It's a nice name. Or M MINUSTA is the acronym for the French name. It, it was a UN peacekeeping mission in Haiti. That's what I, I told you yeah. after he got ousted again. Mm -hmm. The UN sent in their peacekeeping mission. The mission's military component was led by Brazilian army, and the force commander was Brazilian. So yeah. there was a military operation for peacekeeping purposes. It gotcha. sounds like... With the Brazilian commander and Brazilian yeah, army. It sounds like a military takeover. Yeah. The force was composed of 2,366 military personnel, 25... 133 police, supported by international civilian personnel, a local civilian staff, and the United Nations volunteers. <clears throat> um, according to its mandate from the UN Security Can Council, MINUSTA is required to concentrate the use of resources, including civilian police, on increasing security and protection during the electoral period and to assist with the restoration and maintenance of the rule of law, public safety, and public order in Haiti. Did Haiti call for this, or did the UN just say, "Did we gotta go get?" I, yeah, I, it sounds like UN was like, "You know what? This is a humanitarian crisis. We need to act." Which I'm sure it was, but yeah. we all know the agenda of the UN, right? Yeah, and I their their peace missions don't usually no keep too much peace. So it says Minusta was established on. April 30th, 2004, because the Security Council deemed the situation in Haiti to be a threat to international peace and security in the region. So it's basically like, this is going to disrupt our trade routes right. here, is yeah. probably what it was. Right. It wasn't like, it doesn't say anything really even about humanitarian crisis here. It was, it's a threat to international peace and security in the region. Hmm. That's kind of shitty. That's, yeah, it is. In 2004, independent human rights organizations accuse Haitian National Police, uh, and sometimes MINUSTA, of atrocities against civilians. It is still argued if any or how many civilians were killed as a byproduct of MINUSTA crackdowns on criminals operating in the slums. Jeez. The UN and MINUSTA expressed deep regret for any loss of life during the operations. And this is also when cholera broke out, was mm -hmm. during these operations, too. Yeah. So, um, it says on... 14 February 2006, in Resolution 1658, the UN 
extended Minusta's mandate until August of 2006. So they extended it in 2006, but then it kept getting extended all the way to 2010, obviously, because they're still there because the headquarters fell down during the earthquake. Right. So the UN's did already they, there. Did okay. There were UN troops on the ground when the earthquake hit. Yeah, like I said, their headquarters fell, and some of their the UN people died in it. I gotcha. So people died. Yeah. UN people died. Yeah. And then that led to the earthquake. So in our shitty country, mm-hmm. due to all this exploiting. Yeah. And then we get to the earthquake. <laughs> Ma- massive earthquake. Massive earthquake. Yeah. And massive amounts of aid funneling into the country now. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started to talk a little bit. We're about due for a break, but sure. let me talk a little more about this over-aid concept. Right. So, yes, I understand when catastrophes like this happen. You got to have food and stuff. There, there's poor, like, starving people, and we need to feed them. Right. But when you start just flooding them with, like, subsidized, like, rice— or free rice even, just mm-hmm. cheap, cheap food, cheap rice, start flooding. Guess what's one of Haiti's crops down there? Rice. Rice. Yeah. So when you start flooding them with rice, what do you think happens to their rice? Their rice. Yeah. They can't sell it because why the hell would I buy your rice for five bucks when I got free rice coming in from right. the UN? Yeah. It just obliterates the economy there. Mm. And some people say it was oversight. I wonder if it was more Calculated. like intentional, right? Because I I think even like some of the, like the rebuilding missions over there, like the the funding that went to rebuilding went to like there was like spe- I've read that there's was like contracts where they had to use f- the countries that were putting yeah, the money I there. Saying that, yeah. That the countries that were sending the money, they had to use their yeah. um, equipment and their personnel to rebuild it. So yeah, um, we're basically the money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're ba- it's basically like a, them laundering their own money to pay yeah. their own people and right. get like free tax breaks for it. Is what it is, mm-hmm. and and getting a lot of extra work in the process. Right. Yeah. It's creating jobs for the people that right. are supposed yeah. to be helping. Not, right. Not for the Haitians because yeah. the Haitians aren't aren't the ones getting hired out right. to fix this shit. Yeah. So I had an article talking just a little bit about um, the negative effects on Haiti of too much foreign aid. And I'll just breeze through this quick, and then we'll get to break. Okay. And then we'll get into the Clintons, because sure. I think everybody wants to get into the Clintons. I think everybody wants the Clintons. There's a good article on the Clintons. And so I'm going to read quite a bit. It's a long article. I'm oh, going to okay. post that one in the show notes, because... It's a good article, and it has nothing to do with conspiracy theory at all. But it's a good article on the Clintons and how they single-handedly destroyed Haiti. So this is the negative effects on Haiti of too much foreign aid. Let me share this. In Haiti, the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere... Like, wouldn't you like that tagline to be? I know. I I wonder if that's like on the the big sign as you're going into Haiti. Like, welcome to Haiti. The poorest (laughs) nation in the Western Hemisphere. The poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. It just sounds so shitty to call it that. The wheels of economic progress grind forward slowly in the case of a newly rehabilitated flour mill in Port-au-Prince. However, those grinding gears can actually be seen and heard. For a nation struggling with hungry citizens, the reopening of Moulins de Haiti 
flour mill isn't small potatoes. So it's talking about this big mill that got reopened. Right. It's their own personal mill. And this yeah. is a good thing because they can start being more self-reliant mm. because of this. So I had some highlighted points here. I didn't want to read the whole article. It says, meanwhile, Haiti struggles with the insidious and negative effects of what could fairly be labeled as over-aid. Doesn't sound like it'd be a bad thing, yeah. but it is a bad thing, like I said. <clears throat> From its developed friends, especially the United States. Since 2010, hundreds of millions of dollars and dozens of metric tons of food have poured into Haiti from the U.S. in an effort to stave off life-threatening hunger in the disaster-weary nation. <clears throat> like I said, sounds great. Yeah. But at a certain point, it's kind of like what we say of welfare. At a some right. certain point, you got to cut that shit off yeah. so and make them do it on their own. Yeah. However, as early as 2010, the Haitian government called for an end to the current food aid. Despite unpopularity of this in Haiti, the appeal has been echoed by outside organizations. Haitian farmers growing staple foods already face disadvantages in cost versus imports of subsidized rice from the U.S. So like I said, all this free or cheap discounted rice pouring in mm -hmm. makes it so the rice farmers there can't sell their shit. Yeah. And the massive quantities of food distributed by aid organizations have not made it any easier for Haiti to learn to support itself again. I don't think it's all about Haiti learning to support itself. Right. It's not like they're just like, ah, this free shit's coming in. Why would we support? Right. It's like, I can't survive because you're sending in free stuff. Right. I can't sell my product. Right. Like the farmers are farming. Right. They just can't sell it because... They got nobody that's going to want to buy it. Yeah, who would buy that? Mm -hmm. So when they come out and say stuff like, well, they need to learn to do it on their own. Right, yeah. That that irritates me. Yeah. It's like, it's all for nothing if you can't sell your right. product. Exactly, yeah. So yeah, it's a, it, it talked about how, um, basically, and it talks about now how nonprofits are moving away from this overaid model and working more with farmers to increase their domestic production. That's good. Which is what they should be doing. It should yeah. have been doing in the first place. They should right. have been um, assisting with getting the farms back no, I, operational. I, I blame Sally Struthers. I don't even know who that is. Okay. There was a show back in the 70s, All in the Family. This chick was in the show, but she became the face of starving African children. Okay. She would sit there during the commercials, and she'd be like, for just 10 cents a day, you can feed an entire uh, family. Yep. And that was her. And I, I blame her on this because... That's what was happening. Yeah. Like you said, they weren't thinking about working with the farmers who could farm their own shit. They were getting money to get send rice to the people because of Sally fucking Seth Truthers. And like I said, it, it it's good intentions for it is. a lot of companies. It's, it's good intentions, though. It is. Because another example, this isn't Haiti. This is another. I can't remember the country. But um, some guy went down to some South American country and saw these shoes that they were wearing it was an interesting design of shoes but it was, was a real like a chip poor country but he liked the design of shoes so he came back That's and where developed Tom's. crocs came from no it's Tom's. Tom's. Oh, okay okay i was gonna say he, if you said crocs no <laughs> he came back and he's like kind of redeveloped this kind of design of shoes for yeah. tom's tom's shoes which you remember those those are weird wrapped cloth looking right things. yeah he had this idea of for every pair of toms that somebody bought he would send a pair of toms down to this country sounds like a fantastic right. idea right however it put all the shoe companies down there out of business right. because he's sending free shoes down there yeah 
So he came to this realization of this overrate, and he's like, shit, I <laughs> fucked him up down there. Sorry, guys. So instead, he, he kind of changed things up, and instead of that, he, like, helped develop, like, the existing shoe companies down yeah. there instead. So, I mean, like I said, good intentions, right. bad delivery there, yeah. because um, you just don't know how that's going to really fuck up their economy right. when you're sending in billions and billions and billions of pounds of, yeah. like, free shit. Yeah. And again, it makes you wonder: Is some of this intentional? Like, do they right. want to tank like some of the competition out there right. and make it so they have to be dependent on this, right? This product that we're pouring into them. Yeah, it's hard to say. I it, mean, and it makes you wonder: Like, is how much money is being like supposedly sent there, but is being like funneled elsewhere? No, I, whether I'm it's sure. through we the corrupt see it all government the time. or yeah. I mean, it'd be easy to, like I said, if, you, if you're a construction business and you're like, well, you have to use our construction companies yeah. in order to get this aid, so we're going to pay our own construction company. To do like, it'd be easy to freaking yeah. like, launder money through your own business that way. It'd oh, be yeah. so easy to. Uh, absolutely. And, so, and I'm sure that was done quite a bit. Yeah. I'm sure all of the, like, I'm sure more money disappeared than actually... Oh, went yeah. into the country of yeah. Haiti. Oh yeah, like I said, you see it all the time in corrupt right. countries. So what do you what do you think about this so far, Bill? You're, you've been a little quieter over there because I I have a lot of reading yeah. here. So. No, I you know I I think over aid has been a problem um, for a lot of these countries that are in this mm. position. And you know when you see, especially this country with like earth the earthquake it had and everything. I mean, like you said, they probably have their own local construction companies yeah. that they're not seeing anything so they're you know basically just sitting on their hands yeah. they, they're not getting hired to do anything so i mean it, it really just you take a whole country that you know doesn't know what to do and you tell them to sit on the bench <laughs> we right. got this you guys yeah. just chill i know you've had a rough one we got this yeah and so um it's for an extent that's probably a good thing it's like let them take care of their personal right. business while we come in and help them but, clean up, bring some food to help them out. Right. A bit. But when you have the, an entire infrastructure that's been torn apart by this earthquake, I mean, how much can they get put back together? I yeah. mean, when their their schools are destroyed, the roads are destroyed, their electrical system, you know, their their water system is just shut, you know, shit. Yeah. And so it's like. How how much of your life can you clean up when right. you have all that shit to deal with? Right. And then when you have mega corporations with not your best interest at hand right. that are supposedly the ones pushing the aid here. Yeah. When you have a history of being exploited as a country mm -hmm. for like we didn't even ba barely even tapped into how they were exploited, but just that whole like pushing them away from their own right. being an independent agriculture state yeah. to like having to rely be a manufacturing state well to be a manufacturing state you got to have raw materials and if your country doesn't grow those raw materials now you're dependent on the other countries right. to import raw materials to you and then you have to have buyers for the finished product yeah. and if your country is making two dollars a day who's going to buy that product it's yeah. you, so now you're reliant on foreign buyers yeah. and foreign suppliers when before you were an independent agriculture state that was yeah. flourishing off of and exporting your own stuff there and making money off of yeah. it. Now you're just 
a sweatshop, basically, on an island, right. is what it comes down to. It's just like, well, we think you should be manufacturers, so... Here, let's let let's get rid of all these farms here. Just set up these mm-hmm. these textile shops. Put, I mean, this is gonna build jobs, right? Not right. everybody can farm, but yeah. lots of people can sew together like Hanes underwear and right. shit like that. Right. Absolutely, who doesn't want Hanes underwear? I mean, Hanes was one of the companies that went down there. Yeah. Um, and you know, the problem with that is Haitians don't wear tidy whities <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> exactly. So, wh- who are they selling it to? <laughs> um, so, like I said, you set up a factory, but now. We got to import the cotton or whatever from probably the southern states, right. and then you got to have um, the the buyers for the tidy whities like the yeah. Michael Jordans out there from the United States. Yes. So it's just like basically became like a cheap labor state is what it was. Yeah. Because and we'll get into like their minimum wage and like how oh, the the, yeah. the U.S. influenced their minimum wage to keep it low, mm-hmm. so some of these big production companies could go in there. It's like the shittiest thing. It's basically they were influenced to become, between all the military coups and all that other bullshit, but they were influenced to become a virtual sweatshop for for larger countries. Yeah. Well, they, and, you know, looking at this and looking at the history of the coups and having Papa Doc put in place, you know, by the, the U.S. government and the U.S. taking over for about 30 years. Right. This country has never had a chance to, like, get its own footing. No. This country has never had a chance to establish its own identity, to be its own. I mean, they started in a hole. Yeah. You know, and whenever they, they seem to do anything, there's there's a coup, there's... Colonization. Colonization, or... there's U.S. presence, there's corporations coming in. Right. Then there's a massive-ass earthquake. And I, I, I see Haiti, with all this going on, just continuing to be kind of like a like an experiment. Yeah. No, right? uh, yeah, you're not wrong there. Be like, I hey, see it too. Hey, hey, how about some solar farms, guys? Right. This and would I, be perfect for for build back better. Yeah. And I I think that's exactly what it was. And I think there was even articles that said the Clintons basically used it for like a testing site yeah. for like other like yeah, other forms of whatever economies and stuff and like that I, so. and i can totally see that continuing right i do too yeah and especially now that they're under all this shit again mm-hmm. it's just inviting yeah. i mean even the freaking prime ministers right. inviting the u.s yeah. military and the u.n back in to just but, set up shop again, again is that by design i probably right i mean why else would he be calling i mean yes like you said he's probably scared out of his mind right with all the the you know um unrest Right, I I thought I saw that there is like anarchy and and, and hunger and going like rampant right now. Uh huh. So he probably is hoping to establish some kind of order, but like you said, <laughs> inviting foreign people to come in the country like this, they're not going to have their best interest no. in hand. Fuck it. no. So we we really need to get in a break, Bill. We are w- long overdue. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about this and dig really into like the Clinton. Yeah. Est- establishment there so well like i said i'm pretty sure that's what everybody's waiting for it probably is that's why i saved it for last yes. to make sure people kept listening you gotta stick around stick around for the clinton involvement in the haiti turmoil yes exploitation yes. all that shit exploitation by the clintons yes because that's what yeah, they do best they did they really did so we're going to be right back in just a couple of minutes we're going to take a few breaks or a few minutes of a break not a few breaks just, no, one, just break, one break but a few minutes to get a new drink, and do all that stuff. So be back. 
in just a couple of minutes. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. And with that noise, we are back. We're back. Woo! We are. We're listening once again to the band At The Wayside. They're our friends. We like their music. Yeah. So we keep playing like it for you. Lot. Yeah. And they're not paying us to play this music no. by any stretch. No. We're not sponsored by them. It's more... Yeah. We may not s- even know that we're playing them. <laughs> I told them I was going to play them for a few weeks. What's yeah. it been like? Well, Six maybe, weeks now? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's been a while, so... But it's good. And I mean, people, they, they like it. They've been complimenting And it's it. music. We won't get copyright strikes for playing, so... <laughs> exactly. So I like I, it. It works out both ways. Yeah. We get good music to play on our show, and... People can make fun of them for being angsty, or they can say they love them. We've, yeah, we've, we've heard them both some sides. exposure. Exactly. So, we're back. We are going to talk about Haiti again, yes. because that's what we're talking well, what's about. What's the proper uh, pronunciation of that? Is it Haiti? Haiti? <laughs> we, we know a few people that do <laughs> that. Yeah, we know some people that they, frequent they pr- <laughs> the island on yes. like mission trips, mission and trip. probably to overaid them. Yes, <laughs> I, I believe it is overaid. Yeah, probably to to help build houses and stuff for them yeah. when the, because they can't build, build their, their own, own houses, I guess. Right. So putting their own builders out of business or whatever, yes. and bring them shoes because you know they don't have their own shoes. Yeah, they can't make their own shoes apparently. Um, again, bad things are happening over there. Poor, poor as hell people over there. They do need assistance. Yeah. But they don't need certain kinds of assistance. Right. They don't need things that aren't assistance that are exactly. under the guise they're, they're, of assistance. They're not children. <laughs> I mean, there are children. There are children, <laughs> but they, they aren't children. They, yeah. you know, they, they can do stuff. So, real quick before we get to the Clint side of it. There was an American journalist that kind of analyzed the money that was pledged to the country mm-hmm. since... From 2010 to 2018 was when he analyzed this. His name was Jonathan M. Katz. Okay, I like J. it. J. Katz. J. Katz. We're going to call him J. Katz. I like it. He's closely analyzed the money pledged and how much has actually been dispersed. He reports the global response totaled $16.3 billion in pledges for rebuilding uh, from the U.S. That's a lot of fucking money. He also 
studied that Canadians donated $220 million to eligible organizations. Sounds like Canadians are slacking. Yeah. I mean, it's Canada. What's That's their true. GDP? I mean, well, and Do they their money is so – it's less than the American it, dollar. It's so. true. That's probably like $20 American. So it says from 2010 to 2018, Canada contributed $1.4 billion. So there you go. They oh, did okay. step up a little, little bit, little which bit. does not include the two hundred twenty dollars it says <laughs> donated, but I think that's the two hundred twenty million. So Canada, the country, that's U.S. dollars. So it says Canada contributed one point five billion and also two hundred twenty million. So whatever that adds up to. Interesting enough, if you scroll down, way, way, way down, it says Katz was inside his home in Haiti when the it buckled along with hundreds of thousands of. Of others, so he was there. This during reporter the was there during the earthquake. He wrote a, a book called "The Big Truck That Went By: How the World Came to Save Haiti and Left Behind a Disaster." <laughs> he claims Canada dispersed 657 million in the 20 months since the earthquake, but only about 20 or only about two percent was channeled to the Haitian government. Oh wow! So Canada released 650 million. Only two percent of that got. Even to the government, which we know is corrupt, right, which right. isn't going to funnel yeah, that down to the people else. in the first place. Right. So where the hell did the rest of it go? I don't know. It says, Global News reached out to Global Affairs Canada for confirmation of the figures provided by CATS. In a statement, the department says, It's unable to confirm this figure, as we are not aware of the methodology that was used to arrive at this amount. They go on to say, Canada's international assistance to Haiti is channeled through international or Canadian partners whose financial capacity and integrity have been verified. So they're saying, eh, they've been verified, so everything's good. So they've gone through international channels. And how much of that, like, dwindles down until before it even gets to Haiti? Yeah. And then how much of that from Haiti's government gets to— It's like Black Lives Matter. Right. Exactly. (laughs) That's— it's just a big money pit is, it is what it is. Well, like you said, it's a giant opportunity to launder money back to their own their own government is what Absolutely. it sounds like. It, it's not what it sounds like. No, that's what it's it is. What it right, is. right, yeah. And speaking of speaking shady. Speaking of shady, shitty, whatever you want to call it, um, here's an article, the one that we've all been waiting for. This was written in 2016, so this was before – this was right around, I guess, this is November, so – yeah, this right is, around the election time. Yes. So you know this was a hit piece on the Clintons. You're right, yeah. But still, this kind of gives you an inside look of what no. the Clintons did in right. Haiti. So this is from Current Affairs, a magazine of politics and culture. So currentaffairs.org. I almost said okay. .com. Are they, do, you, do you know, are they, they right or left-leaning? Or are they Probably, down the middle? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Seem, I mean, they're anti-Clinton, so yes. Well, that, must be it, that could be anybody. <laughs> so let me share this. What the Clintons did to Haiti. There's this oh, wonderful that's picture so touching. of William. Yes. And the Haitians. He looks like he's scared. He's I like, don't touch me. I know. Please. I, I heard what you did to Monica. <laughs> <laughs> Their actions in the country were shameful and shouldn't be defended, is the subtitle of this. So it says, in this excerpt from Super Predator, Bill Clinton's use and abuse of black America, I want to read that book. No doubt. We examined the Clintons' involvement in the country's affairs during Hillary Clinton's time at the State Department. 
Bill and Bill, I almost said Billary. Bill and Hillary Clinton <laughs> had long shared a personal interest in Haiti, dating back to the time of their honeymoon. They went to Port-au-Prince for their honeymoon. Interesting. Scoping Which, the place out. I guess. How long? When did they get married? Like the 60s? I, I would assume so, yeah. I mean, this place has been a shit show for hundreds of yeah, years. So. They probably came in when uh, when Papa Doc was there. You, you're probably right. Yeah. Let's go back to that timeline. <laughs> 56 is when he came in. Is that so? Yeah, it'd probably be. And he was there for like 30 years, I think. Yeah, we had read. So, I believe so. So, 57 Papa Doc until 71. So, I would say look up when the Clintons got married. All right. All right. So, but you got to listen too while you uh, I'm look it up. I'm listening. Because this first paragraph is awesome. So, um, dating back to the time of their honeymoon, part of which was spent in Port au Prince. In his autobiography, Bill says that his understanding of God and human nature were profoundly transformed when they witnessed a voodoo ceremony in which a woman bit the head off a live chicken. Okay. That was (laughs) his change and profound change of his understanding of God is when this woman bit off the head of a chicken. I wonder in in what way. I don't know. Is that not the most bizarre thing to put in your autobiography? A little bit, yeah. Especially yeah. when people already think, like... That you're eating babies. Eating babies and <laughs> yeah. sacrificing to voodoo gods in the yeah. first place. Hillary says two, the two of them fell in love with Haiti, and they developed a deep connection to the country. So when Hillary became Secretary of State in 2009, she consciously made the redevelopment of Haiti one of her top priorities. Oh, my. The country, she announced, would be a laboratory where the United States could road test new approaches to development. Remember what you were saying? Mm-hmm. Yes, blank canvas. Well, you were saying that it sounds like they they use this kind of place to like test different— Yeah, right. Hillary yeah. specifically said she wanted to do that. Yeah, and not, not in a good way. It says, taking advantage of what she termed the power of proximity, she intended to make Haiti the proving ground for her vision of American power— Hillary selected her own chief of staff, Cheryl Mills, to run the Haiti project. So this is when she took over as Secretary of State. Gotcha. So obviously this is an anti-Hillary because it's, the timing of it is yeah. a hit piece on Hillary. But I'm sure a lot of this is real. Accurate. Is yeah. accurate. Right. It, it sounds like things she would say. Yes. Mills would be joined by Bill Clinton, who had been deputized by the U.N. as a special envoy to Haiti. Bill's role was not well-defined. What did we say about not well-defined things last week when it came to, like, extremism? Lack of uh, transparency. Yes. When you don't define something, you can basically blank it. You can put anything Do whatever you want there. Anybody can label it. Yep. Bill's role was not well-defined, and Haitians were curious about what was in store. Mills wrote in an email to Hillary Clinton that the Haitians saw Bill's appointment as a step towards putting Haiti in a protectorate or trusteeship status. Soon, joking that he must be coming back to lead a new co- colonial regime. So the Haitians there joked that yeah. he was leading a colonial regime there. <laughs> Nervous laugh. <laughs> the Haitian government dubbed him Le Gouverneur, or the governor. That's scary. Label Bill that. The project was he- heavily focused on increasing Haiti's appeal to foreign co- uh, corporations. So they're basically kind of making it... Uh, an industrial mall yeah. for all these other corporations to come set up shop. Yeah. As Politico reported, Clinton's uh, experiment had business at its center. 
aid would be replaced by investment, the growth of which would in turn benefit the United States. So she's changing aid to um, investing. So mm-hmm. she thinks it's going to build like jobs is what right. she's saying. Instead of like just funneling money, let's create jobs here. Right. Build back better. Right. One of the first acts in the new business-centered Haiti policy involved suppressing Haiti's minimum wage. In 2009, Haitian law raised the minimum wage to 61 cents an hour from 24 cents an hour previously. Holy fuck. Right? Haitian government or Haitian garment manufacturers, including contractors for Haynes and Levi Strauss, were furious, insisting they were only willing to agree on a seven cent increase. Holy shit. Yeah, people bitch about the the minimum wage here. Holy crap. They're bitching that they can't raise it 24 cents. What a cheap ass company. 61 cents. Uh, Sorry, we can only do seven cents. Yes. That is bullshit. The manufacturers approached the State Department who brought intense pressure to bear against the Haitian president, Praval, who is the back and forth right, between yeah, the other right. guy, working aggressively to block the 37-cent increase. The U.S. deputy mission chief said a minimum wage increase did not take economic reality into account and simply appealed to the unemployed and underpaid masses. So it, it only appeals to the under underpaid and unemployed. Well, obviously it's going to appeal to the underpaid because they're making 24 fucking cents an hour in 2000 and what, nine? Yeah, 2009. In the Western Hemisphere. In the Western Hemisphere. Well, it's only going to appeal to the the poor. Well, obviously. Who else would it fucking appeal to? As Ryan Chittam of Columbia Journalism Review explained, the proposed wage increase would have been only the most trivial additional expense for the American garment manufacturers. As of last year, Haynes had 3,200 Haitians making T-shirts for it. That's why I said it's a sweatshop off the coast Mm -hmm. is what it is. Paying each of them $2 a day more would cost them about $1.6 million a year. So it it equivalent to $2 more a day that they were asking to pay these 3,200. And how much did they make last year? Well, Haynes brand made $211 million on $4.3 billion in sales last year. Holy fuck. So they couldn't fork out an extra $1.6 million on this $211 million yeah. profit. $211 million profit, not total. That's the profit they made. Yeah. And presumably, it would pass on at least some of its higher labor costs to consumers, they're saying. So it's saying, oh, it says Haynes Brand made that in sales and presumably would pass it on to some of the cost to consumers. So they wouldn't really even be paying all that because right. they just raised their prices. Yeah, right, right. Or better yet, Haynes Brand CEO Richard Knoll could forego some of his rich cons- compensation package. He could pay for the raises for 3,200 T-shirt makers with just one-sixth of his $10 million salary and bonus he raked in last year. So he made $10 million last year. Mm. Couldn't fork out $1.6 million to raise, to raise it 20, at 37, cents. 37 cents. That's crazy. Shitty scenario. Uh, big time. You see where why they've been fucked over so bad? Yeah. Says the truth of the economic reality was that the Haitian undergarment sector was hardly likely to become widely less competitive as a result of the increase. So it wasn't really going to affect their competitiveness at all. No. Says the effort to suppress the minimum wage was not solely a Clinton project. It was... Also, a concerted effort on the part of Haitian elites, factory owners, free trade proponents, U.S. politicians, economists, and American companies. A lot of Americans involved here, like elite Americans, not just the Clintons, but they're in on it. 
but it was in keeping with the State Department's priorities under Clinton's, which prioritized creating a favorable business climate. <clears throat> so they, like I said, they want to attract right. all these businesses. Yeah. So investors, yeah, investors. So they're not, they don't want to have too demanding right. of a minimum right. wage. Yeah. That would be crazy. It was the same familiar Clinton move. From aid to trade, Bill Clinton's program for Haitian development, designed by Oxford University economist Paul Collier, had garment exports at its center. Collier wrote that because of profitous factors like poverty and relatively unregulated labor market, Haiti has labor costs that are fully competitive with China. So this is like our shift from... This is what when Biden is sitting there talking about how we're going to be competitive with China. They're taking notes from the Clintons and, and what they learned from Haiti. I mean, all this shit's just now happening in Haiti. Mm-hmm. This would be a perfect opportunity to have the U.S. government and the U.N. go in and establish peace yeah. over there and build up another sweatshop. Right. Or, or we're looking to do this massive green shift. Why not use it on Haiti first and see how it works? Try it out on them. So it says, the Clintons' role in Haiti was soon expand even further. In 2010, the country was struck by the earthquake mm-hmm. that killed 160,000 people and displaced 1.5 million. Jeez. So, obviously, Hillary Clinton is the Secretary of State. Right. So she is responsible for... Um, aid. The aid, the right. U.S. aid. Bill Clinton was soon put in charge of the U.S.-led recovery effort. He was appointed to head of Interim Haiti Recover Commission, or IHRC. Interesting how it's HRC, HRC. for Hillary Rodham right. Clinton. So he's the Interim Hillary Rodham Clinton, <laughs> <laughs> which would oversee a wide range of building projects. At President Barack Obama's uh, request Clinton and George W. Bush created the Clinton Bush Haiti Fund. I, I know, coming together. <sighs> With Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State overseeing the efforts of U.S. aid and the Clintons' importance to the recovery, with Bill being the head of the recovery, no conflict of interest. Bill's right? appointment meant that at a- every stage of Haiti's reconstruction, fundraising, oversight, and allocation, a Clinton was now involved. Mm-hmm. How's that not a cl- conflict of interest? Right. Hillary Clinton can appeal to get more funds sent. That th- those funds go directly through her husband, who is responsible for yeah. um, the aid, like the actual like yeah. the work being done there. Yeah. Despite appearances, the Clinton Bush Fund was not focused on providing traditional relief. This is interesting. They didn't. They they were down there more to create jobs because um, they wrote this foundation wrote. While other organizations in Haiti are using their resources to deliver immediate humanitarian aid, we are using our resources to focus on long-term development. While the fund would advertise that 100% of donations go directly to relief efforts, quote-unquote, Clinton and Bush adopted an expansive definition of relief efforts, treating luring foreign investment and jobs as a crucial part of earthquake recovery. So building the jobs, building up, like— the infrastructure. How much money do you think the Clintons put out for bid? Hey, you want to open a shop in Haiti? What's it worth to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How much did they? Are you saying like how Cheap much? Did labor. They, how much did they get? Like personally, through right? These? Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. As being the broker, yep. their broker fees for exactly, this. Exactly. Exactly. So not only yep. are 
is their foundation the one that the money is funneling through from mm-hmm. the U.S. government that the wife yeah. is pushing out? And then they probably have their own construction companies that they're funneling oh, it sure. to. I'm sure. And then they're probably also playing the brokers yeah, for right. these People deals. Like, you know, yeah, just uh, you know, for uh, 250 million, we'll make sure that uh, you get a company. Sure. You know, cheap, cheap labor. You know, cheap land. Why not? Mm-hmm. So it says. On their website, they spoke proudly of what the New York Daily News characterized as a program of supporting long-term programs, a program of supporting long-term programs, okay, to develop Haiti's business class. Does that sound familiar, building the business class? It does, actually. The strategy was an odd one. Port-au-Prince had been reduced to ruin, and Haitians were crowded into filthy tent cities. So it basically says... Whatever value building new garment factories may have had as a long-term economic plan, Haitians were faced with somewhat more pressing concerns like basic provision of shelter and medicine, as well as cleaning of thousands of tons of rubble that filled the streets. So Clinton's had nothing to do with any of that. Right, things that actually needed to be done. They were just there to build up the sweatshops that we pushed them into to begin with. Right. It's like, well, now what they need to come back, bounce back from this earthquake, more sweatshops. Right, yeah. (laughs) Right, whereas what they really needed was rebuilding the infrastructure, yeah. like I was saying. Right. It says, a year after the earthquake, a stinging report from Oxfam singled the Clinton IHRC as creating a quagmire of indecision and delay. Maybe this was an anniversary present to Hillary from Bill. Probably, like, probably. We'll call it IHRC just Aww. for you. Yeah, how does that... I mean, it, it had to have been something. That yeah. had to have been intentional. Yeah. Is there, maybe there's a little heart in there between the I and the H. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it says, uh, it, it calls their, their works there, a mismatch of low-quality, poorly thought-out development experience and half-finished project. Sounds like the Clintons in a nutshell. <laughs> it, well, it talks about how there was they went and built a lot of model homes. And then didn't build any other homes like to match those model <laughs> homes. It was just like a publicity stunt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So they built model homes, and then it didn't go anywhere. That makes sense to me. It says, 2013 investigation by the Government Accountability Office found that most money for the recovery was not being dispersed and that the projects that were being worked on were plagued by delays and cost overruns. Many Clinton projects were extravagant public relations affairs that quickly fizzled. For example... This is oh this is the one here. It says 2011 housing expo that cost more than two million dollars, including five hundred thousand from the Clinton Foundation, was supposed to be a model for thousands of new units, but instead has resulted in little more than a few dozen abandoned model homes occupied by squatters. Mm-mm. So it's supposed to be this expo that showed like these model homes are going to be what we build. Thousands of units to like house. Mm-hmm. No, it just was models for right. this expo. Yeah, is all it became. It was just a publicity stunt. So let's keep pushing. It says the Clinton Bush Haiti investment invested more than two million into. So th- this is some of their other ventures okay. that went on that were so disconnected from Every- what they needed. Yeah, as a country. The Clinton Bush Haiti fund invested more than two million in the Royal Oasis Hotel. <laughs> A sleek suite with hardwood floors that cost more than $200 a night, and the shops sell $150 designer purses and $120 men's dress shirts. Wow, let's go Let's go to Haiti, honey, for our anniversary where we can't go down the streets because of crime and, and rocks, but we can stay at a 200 a night hotel. Think about it, though. 
It's just out of touch, though. I mean, they it, make two dollars a day. Yeah, right. Obviously, this has not. It's supposed to be like you know, building jobs for them and right. for the help their help bring in these investors that the Clintons right. want. And, and that's what the hotel was. That's that's exactly they, they what bring it was. in their investors and and they they show them the town, show them the the, the property, model homes, the model homes, showcase the sweatshops. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, it says predictably the Oasis didn't do. A, an ex- especially roaring trade. The Washington Post reported one recent afternoon, the hotel apparently largely empty and with tourism hardly booming five years after the quake. Yeah, why would anybody tour? Like, Nobody go wants tour? to go there. Especially after it was destroyed by yeah. an earthquake. <laughs> Locals fear, fear it may be failing. No way. In a country with a 30-cent minimal wage, investing recovery dollars in a luxury hotel was not just offensive, but economically daft. Seriously. I mean, if you were making 30 cents an hour and people were, that were paying 200 a night were coming and then expecting fancy restaurants and shit, I'm sorry. I would rebel. Okay. <laughs> On that note, think about another country is sending millions in aid to supposedly help you, and what it's doing is building a place for... Rich These people. people to come yeah. spend two hundred dollars yeah. a night on while you're you, making you, thirty you cents. You don't an hour. have clean water, but there's a luxury hotel downtown. I mean, yeah. it's just it's it's asinine. And you guys could go wash the towels for those two hundred dollar a night people for, for 30, thirty cents, cents an, an hour. hour. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking. I'd burn the motherfucker down. <laughs> no shit. <You laughs> I mean, people bitch about fifty. Needing fifteen dollars, like livable wage yeah. here. Go fucking live there no for doubt. thirty cents. White an hour. people problems. No shit. First world problems. No, no doubt. <laughs> Says for instance, Bill Clinton had proudly announced that the Clinton Foundation was would be funding the construction of emergency storm shelters in Lagan. Not for the people that live there. No, it, 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 <laughs> no. These emergency storm shelters are for the people oh, that live there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. An investigation of the shelters that the foundation had actually built found they were shoddy and dangerous and full of toxic mold. Oh, shit. The nation discovered, among other things, the temperature in the shelters reached over 100 degrees, causing children to experience headaches and eye irritation. So these storm shelters, they actually used as classrooms. Oh, my gosh. These kids sat in these classrooms and 100 degrees in mold. It says the Clinton Foundation had subcontracted the building of the shelters to Clayton Homes, a firm that had already been sued in the United States by the Federal Emergency Management, or FEMA, for having provided formaldehyde-laced trailers to Hurricane Katrina victims. I remember that. So the same company, oh my Clinton's gosh. like, well, that didn't work out here. You can go down to Haiti. They, yeah, don't, they don't care about don't formaldehyde. Care, no. Shit. Clayton Homes is owned by Warren Buffett. Oh shit! Yeah, and the Buffett <laughs> and Buffett had been a longstanding major donor to the Clintons, the Clinton Foundation. Of course, damn. Right, you see this whole like, yeah, buddy, buddy, yeah, like, old boys club. Yeah, good old boys over club. Haiti. Yeah, that's what it is. The nation's investigation reported on children whose classes were being held in the trailers. Their semester had just been cut short, and the students sent home because the temperature in the classrooms had grown unbearable. Can you imagine that? A hundred degrees in no. a mold infested freaking no. storm shelter. That's not the worst. <laughs> it gets it gets worse, Bill. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. The most notorious post earthquake development project, however, was the Caracol Industrial Park. Mm. The sweatshop park that of the course. Clintons founded. Of funded. Course. So 
The park was pitched as a major job creator, part of the goal of helping Haiti. I didn't even read this before. Build back better. No shit. I didn't even read this. Was 2016. I didn't. I missed this in reading this article. The park was pitched as a major job creator, part of the goal of helping Haiti, quote unquote, build back better than it was before. Damn. Yes. Yeah, Trial run of you you called it, dude. <laughs> you called this trial run of the green stuff yeah. in Haiti. Trial run of whatever uh, economic things that they want to try in Haiti. Trial run of build back better right here in Haiti. Wow! And look how this ha- this worked out for, for them. So <laughs> we can just imagine <laughs> how it's going to work this out. This is the so- future of America, people. Right. <laughs> The State Department touted the prospect of 100,000 new jobs for Haitians. So, Hillary Clinton promised 65,000 jobs within five years. How many do you think they actually got? <laughs> I would say maybe less than 10% of that. Um, it, it says, hang on, says the industrial park followed the Clintons' pre-existing development model for Haiti. So the park followed the Clintons' pre-existing model for Haiti. So... They already had this in the works yeah. before the earthquake. Remember, we always say, "Oh yeah, never let a good crisis, crisis go, to, go waste. to waste." They had this yes, plan, the works. this model, and they sped it up because of the earthquake. The earthquake hit, and there's a crisis, mm-hmm. catastrophe. And the Clintons are like, "Let's do Jackpot. it. Let's do it now. Let's Damn. do it. Build back better. Build back better." So they already had this in the works. It says, even though there were still hundreds of thousands of evacuees living in tents, the project was based on the more expansive view that in a desperately poor country where traditional foreign aid has chronically failed, fostering economic development is as important as replacing what fell down. (laughs) That's stupid. Can can you imagine (laughs) saying that, though? Yeah, well, imagine saying that to the people that live there. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, what's as important as rebuilding your roads and houses that fell in and you're living in right. shit right now yeah. is if we just build a mall. Yeah. Could you imagine being there and they're in, they're like giving this big speech and they're like and and we're going to we're going to build a mall and everybody's like what? A mall? <laughs> what? <laughs> and they're like clap damn it. <laughs> damn it. All right, we'll clap. Yeah. Much of the planning was focused on trying to lure a South Korean clothing manufacturer to set up shop there by Applying them with the U.S. taxpayer funding. The Caracol project was the centerpiece of the U.S. recovery <laughs> effort. That's sad. In order to build the park, hundreds of poor farmers were evicted from their land, so <laughs> millions of dollars could be spent transforming it. Wow. It says, but the project was a terrible disappointment. After four years, it was operating at 10% capacity, and the jobs had failed to materialize. And it's not saying... There wasn't people to fill those jobs. Yeah. There just wasn't the jobs there. The jobs weren't there. Because it said, like, every morning, thousands of people would be in the parking lot at the gates, like, looking saying, for jobs. looking for jobs. Damn. They even went through um, this free training that the USAID paid for to be, like, textile workers, and mm-hmm. so, like, to run, like, high-tech sewing machines and stuff. Yeah. So they went through the training. They had diplomas and shit. And the jobs just weren't fucking there. Right, right. So it says, far from the $100,000 jobs or even 60000 promised within five years, Caracol currently employs 5,479 people full-time. And how many did they say they were going to get? 167000 60000 within five years. 60000 within five years. And within five years, they've gotten... Not even 10% of that. Not even... I, I think I called that. Yeah, I, I think you did. 
That comes out to roughly $55,000 in investment per job created so far. That is pathetic. <laughs> or to put it another way, about 30 times more per job than the average car call worker oh makes gosh. per year. So they spent <laughs> wow. 30 times more per that, job this on is, building this place. This is the blueprint for America. It is. It is. This is where Biden wants to take it. Well, this is a prime example of the government yeah. trying to, to create jobs. Create jobs and run shit. Yeah. The park built on the site of a foreign or a former US Marine run slave labor camp during the nineteen fifteen and nineteen thirty four occupation. So this was a Marine run slave labor camp formally, and they set up this <laughs> ironic sweatshop <laughs> on this site. It says most of the land remains vacant. Most of the seized farmland went unused. So they didn't, they seized a lot of the farmland, didn't even use a lot of just it. Just left bare. But um, surges of wastewater have caused floods and spoiled crops. Oh, my gosh. So and now the land's destroyed. It's destroyed. Oh, my gosh. It says huge queues of an unemployment Haitians stood daily in front of the factory awaiting jobs that didn't exist. So that's your aid money yeah. going to work. Yeah. Boosting the economy of Haiti. Yeah. Look how well that's worked out. For some, the Caracol project perfectly symbolizes the Clinton approach. Big promises and an emphasis on sweatshops, incompetent management, and little concern for the actual impact on Haitians. That sounds right. Caracol is a prime example of bad help. It says the interests of the market, the interests of foreigners, are prioritized over the majority of the people who are impoverished in Haiti, which we've been talking about this whole time. We don't care about the Haitians. We don't care right. about sending them help or yeah. helping them out. Even that when the UN went to occupy, it wasn't about humanitarian mm. aid. It was like, what about our international trade routes going on here? Right. right. What about civil like disruption in the region? It didn't yeah. say anything about what about all the fucking people that are dying. It right. was like, what about civil unrest yeah. in there? This could spark tension yeah. in the rest all of the, the people world. living in fucking tents. Yeah, I bet you there's still a p large population oh, living in tents. It. Says the fa failure, um, failure as it may have been, the Caracol factory was among the more successful of the projects <laughs> so far as it actually came into existence. So this was at least came to be. Wow. <laughs> so it was one of the more successful things. A large amount of the money raised by the Clintons after the earthquake and pledged by the U.S. under Hillary Clinton simply disappeared without a trace, and its whereabouts are unknown says, even Bill's U.N. Office of Special Envoy couldn't track where all of it went. And the truth is that still today, no one really knows how much money was spent rebuilding, quote-unquote, rebuilding Haiti. Jeez. Many initial pledges never materialized. A whopping $465 million of the relief money went through the Pentagon, which it spent on the deployment of U.S. troops. 20000 at the high watermark, many of whom never set, set, set foot on Haitian soil. Jeez. $465 million went to deployment of U.S. troops. Most of them never went on to Haiti. So why did we send—I mean, why are we even paying relief to send the right. troops? Yeah. Fucking bizarre. That money included fuel for the ship and planes and helicopter repairs and inscrutables, such as an $18,000 contract for a jungle gym. A jungle gym? <laughs> like, probably, like, I don't know, some military— Huh gym thing. Huge contracts were doled out to the usual array of major contractors, including a $16.7 million logistics contract whose partners include Agility Public Warehousing, KSC, 
a Kuwaiti firm that was supposed to have been blacklisted from doing business with Washington after a 2009 indictment alleging a conspiracy to defraud the U.S. government during the Iraq War. But they're friends of the Clintons. Yeah. We blacklisted them from doing work with Washington, but... Yeah. We can back-channel you through Haiti. Exactly. Everything can be back-channeled through Haiti. Exactly. Just just pay Hillary her, her fee, and she'll make sure you're there. It says, while the Clintons called in high-profile consulting firms like McKinsey to draw up plans, they had little interest in listening to the Haitians themselves. So when they were doing all this development, they didn't even like listen oh, to yeah, the they Haitians. Didn't care. It's so good that they... they on their honeymoon, developed a heart for the <laughs> Haitian people. No, they developed a heart for, look at Crime all the opportunity yeah. here. Yeah. So this doesn't even talk about um, the port, because the port in Port-au-Prince, like, mm -hmm. felt, like, right. was destroyed. Yeah. So there's no real port there. So part of this was to rebuild a port for Haiti. But instead of rebuilding it where the majority of the affected Haitians were, which was Port-au-Prince, which is where a lot of the jobs need to be, they decided to build it on the northern side of Haiti because that's closer to Miami. So mm. it'd be a better um, yeah. turnoff point for, for U.S. trade. Right. Millions of dollars went into this port. Port never still doesn't that exist. Jeez. So they... <laughs> shifted focuses over to rebuilding the current port. So millions of dollars for this big up and promising port that was going it was on the north side, which was where this um Caracol yeah. mall was, industrial mall was. That's why another reason for the strategic location it was close to that. But instead they shifted the finances to rebuilding the current one, which is completely like locked within the city so you can't expand there's no right. room for expansion there's no room for growth so all this money that was supposed to be for a big thing just rebuilt a shitty thing so yeah that's crazy so more wasted money yeah and i think that was the clinton foundation too yeah. they didn't talk about it in this one but i read a couple different articles about them so a failed port failed promised mall yeah farms put out of business ruined um, farmland Money just disappeared. Yeah. Lots of money. Lots of money just disappeared. Yeah. Homes built as publicity stunts and promised to build more. Yeah. No homes built. Yeah. What, like, even, it says even Chelsea Clinton was shocked when she found out about, about the failed recovery. She wasn't shocked. She wasn't shocked. She's like, she, that's my mom and dad. She wrote a detailed email to her parents in which she said that while Haitians were trying to help themselves, every part of the international aid effort, both governmental and non-governmental, was fail falling short. The incompetence is mind-numbing. That's your, that's your mom and dad there. Yeah, exactly. This is their M.O. This is what they do. Says the Clinton-Bush-Haiti Fund distributed the last of its funds in 2012, just two years after the earthquake, and disbanded without any attempt at further fundraising. Mm. They took the money and ran. Yeah. The IHRC quietly closed their doors in October of 2011, not even, or like barely a year after, Yeah. even though little progress had been made. As the Boston Review's Jake Johnson explained, though hundreds of thousands remained displaced, the IHRC wiped his hands clean of the situation. Uh, well, our work here's done. Yeah. <laughs> It says, if anything, they appear worse off. It says, um, foreign policy of Haiti's farmers. 
I really cannot understand how you could raise so much money, put a former U.S. president in charge, and get this outcome, said one of the Haitian officials. Obviously, they don't know our government. Right. (laughs) Indeed, the money donated and invested was extraordinary, but nobody seems to know where it has gone. So it's just tons of relief went, was promised, was like flowed out of countries, and it just, nobody knows what happened to it. That's Whether it's mismanagement or complete fraud either way i think it's both either way shit yeah says there's suspicion that their motives are more to make a profit in haiti than to help it that's not absolutely that's exactly what it was says while striking a populist pose in practice they were attracting the power in haiti Mm -hmm. but perhaps we should be more forgiving of the clinton's conduct during the haitian recovery after all instead of doing true harm the clinton simply failed to do much good (laughs) Well, I, I can say they probably did harm, too. Yeah. Perhaps it's better to have a luxury hotel than to have none, or to not have one. Better to have a few jobs than none at all. Thanks to Bill Clinton, there's a gleaming new industrial park, albeit one operating at a fraction of its capacity. Says the question is, what would have happened if a c- capable, non-famous administrator, rather mm-hmm. than a globe-trotting narcissist, would have been placed in charge? Yeah. Says tens of millions of dollars were donated towards the hater recovery uh, by people across the world. It was an incredible outpouring of generosity. The squandering of that money on half-baked development schemes, mainly led by cronies, the Clintons, and then ignoring of Haitians' own demands mean that Clinton may have caused considerable harm through his failure. Plenty of people died in tent cities that would not have died if the world's donations had been used effectively. Goes on to say... That the Democrats have bristled. It gets more political. I, mm. I'm not even going to go on this because yeah. it gets into we, like Donald Trump and Hillary and oh, the sure. political side of it. And we, that's not what we're here to no. talk about. And we get the picture. The the Clintons yes. fucked around, made a lot of money, mm-hmm. and delivered nothing to Haiti. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, yeah, they got this gleaming hotel for right. $200 yeah. a night. I mean, I don't know who stays there. Nobody, from what it sounds yeah. like. It's I mean, virtually it, empty. I was going to say, how do they even pay for the upkeep of it? They've got this gleaming um, industrial park, which is operating at 10% capacity. They've got um, this not port. (laughs) (laughs) they got these death trap storm shelters. So we are running out of time. We have to circle back to today. We almost forgot we do need to circle back to today. Because this was all to explain... Why it's not surprising. Why why my reaction was, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> when it comes to Haiti's yeah. president getting assassinated. Yes. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, was this president one that didn't play ball with, like, the United States? Right. Yeah. Or was it one that did play ball and it pissed off some people on the other yeah. side? Well, isn't he one, though, that, I mean, again, was kind of against the vaccines? Yeah, well, that's what I said. He and again, that's that conspiracy. I yes. mean, we don't know for sure, but, um, you know, I mean. I, do, I mean, it could go either way, really. I mean, in with the history like of that, Haiti, right. Yes. In the history of Haiti, where it's got so many violent overthrows and, and coups, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. This, I mean, this, this whole bringing it back to the assassination, mm-hmm. like I said, it's got theories on all sides it's even got like a 
powerful gang boss coming out and saying, no, this is bullshit. This is a conspiracy. Like he, he yeah. it says um, one of Haiti's most powerful gang leaders said his men would take to the streets to protest the assassination of the president, threatening to pitch the impoverished Caribbean country deeper into chaos. Jimmy Cherizier, former a former cop known as Barbecue. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what up, Barbecue? <laughs> Who heads the so-called G9 Federation of Nine Gangs, railed against police and opposition politicians, who he accused of colluding with the stinking bourgeois to, sacrifi- to sacrifice Moyes this week. So it sounds like bur- bourgeois is like, it's a communist. Like the communists fought right. against the... Yeah. because it was like the the uppity ups is basically what it means. Like yeah. the elites is basically what that mm-hmm. means. And um, it says it was a national and international conspiracy against the Haitian people. He said in a video addressing or address dressed in khaki military fatigues and sitting in front of a Haitian flag. We tell all bases to mobilize and take the streets for light to be shed on the president's assassination. I'm wondering who he's saying besides bourgeois did it then. Because it sounds like he thinks it was a conspiracy from all these elites to right. like to against the out. Haitian people. Right. So it sounds like the guy wasn't playing ball ball with like the more globalist right. type with type Haines. people. Yeah, with Haynes. <laughs> yeah, he pissed off the Haynes CEO. <laughs> he says it's time for black people with kinky hair like us to own supermarkets, to have car dealerships and own banks. He so he's pissed. Um his followers practice legitimate violence and it's time for the masters of the system, business magnates of Syrian and Lebanese descent who dominate parts of the economy to give back the country. So apparently hmm. there's a strong Syrian and Lebanese Interesting. hold over like the businesses in this in the country. So he's wanting the black people of Haiti to take back over the banks and car dealerships and stuff. Makes so sense. So he's wanting to I don't know if he's Robin Hood or what, but this is one side of it with the tension rising. This gang boss is yeah. saying, no, this shit's bullshit. Right. It's time to take this country back for us. Yeah. So he seems like he was on the hate, the president's side. And the very, yeah. in the very least, he's pissed off that outsiders came in. And right. Yeah. Right. If someone's going to overthrow our president, it it's should gonna be, be an me. insider. It's <laughs> yeah, going to be on my gang, bitch. <laughs> so that leads to what was you had... Some of the oh, that one I sent stuff. you from the New York Times, um, which I'm not a member of the New York Times, so I was only able to see the first paragraph was, before it kicked me out. It's uh, the one where the guy said that uh, he was sent by God. Oh, yes. So apparently no U.S. troops are planned for Haiti, but help is being sent for assassination probe, which means... CIA. CIA, <laughs> like we said, yes. Um, I'm going to try to pull up that one if you want to just run your mouth or something. Sure, I can run my mouth. Like run your mouth coffee. Yes, I will Drink, run, my run mouth. your mouth coffee. Um, yeah, and I was, as I was saying over break, that, you know, Haiti is kind of perfect as a blank slate for anybody who wants to come in. And I had mentioned how um, ABC, who is the company that it owns Google, yes. is, you know, trying to build the super city, smart city with Toronto. Right. I mean, who, why wouldn't they want to get their hands on Haiti? I mean, wouldn't they, that be an, an opportunity that they could really come in and, and put their technology in place to try to, mm-hmm. I mean, show the world what a smart, yeah, you know, I mean. But is is Haiti really the place to do that, though? 
Well, it's a pile of rubble. I mean, well, I guess I guess you can literally build back better. And well, like exactly. start from the ground because it is literally and that's just why a I said pile it's, it's a blank slate. Yes, they could do it. Like you don't even have to tear down old buildings because the earthquake did that for us. <laughs> exactly. Says Haitian officials say U.S. based suspect in president's killing was seeking power. So this is that that Christian Emmanuel Sanan Sanan. that you were talking about. He's he's from he's the doctor based in Florida, but he's Haitian American or he's Haitian operating in America. So it says the national police chief indicated that he believes a Florida a Florida based doctor, Christian Emmanuel Sanan, was plotting to assume presidency. So it's not that he just doesn't like the president. He wants to be the president. Yes. The U.S. dispatched a team to assist in the investigation. Great. So it says, The doctor named as a suspect in the president's killing said he was sent by God. The accusation that a Florida-based doctor was a central figure in the assassination of President Jovenel Moise of Haiti was met on Monday with bewilderment by some who knew him and surprised surprised by prominent Haitian-Americans who said, he had not been known as a major political player. I mean, those are the ones that come and bite you in the I ass. I was going to say. They come up from, I mean, was Hitler a right. prominent figure? He was in yeah. jail for a while. At the same time, a university professor who met with the doctor twice last month said that he had spoken then of being sent by God to take over the Haitian presidency. Is that all he's um, What if that's all they're operating on? He's like... <laughs> I've been sent by God to take over Haiti, and everybody's like, he's the mastermind. He's like, guys, I was just fucking yeah, kidding. I know, shit. I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Some two dozen people have been arrested in the killing, but Haitian officials have placed the doctor, Christian Emmanuel Sanan, 63, at the center of the investigation that has stretched out from Haiti to Colombia and the United States. The doctor's brother, Joseph Sanan, said he had not been in touch with him for a while and had no idea what was going on. The- why are you even reporting on this shit? I know, shit? right. Why is he even talking? After an interview with the doctor's brother... His brother knows his, nothing. His brother said, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I am desperate to know what's happening. We will give you more updates as he come <laughs> talks more. <laughs> A former neighbor of the doctor said, or Stephen Bross said, he was always trying to figure out ways to make Haiti more self-sufficient. But assassinating the president, no way. <laughs> These are fantastic interviews. This is just crack journalism. In a telephone interview on Monday, Michael Plancher, a civil engineering professor at Quinsicaia University in Port-au-Prince, said he had received a call from out of the blue to attend a meeting with Dr. Sanan, who he was told was planning a political campaign. Plancher said he had never heard of the doctor, but decided to attend the meetings. That's Right. It's like, I don't even know who this is, but <laughs> sounds interesting. It's better than what we got. Which were held at home, at a home in the capital, after internet searches showed Sanan to be a pastor who had done charitable work. So he's a doctor and a pastor and charitable. He's done charity there. The two, men in, the two men had a meet and greet encounter on June 1st. Planter said the initial contact was followed a day or two later, by an hour-long meeting with Dr. Sanan and a group of six to eight people. Both meetings happened in the same home in the capital of Port-au-Prince. He said he was sent by God. He was sent on a mission of God to replace Moise, Professor Planter said. He said the president who, uh, he said the president would be resigning soon. He didn't say why. 
He said he will implant a Marshall Plan to run the country. He wanted to change Fr- uh, to change French as an official language and replace it with English. He seemed a bit crazy. I didn't want to participate anymore. So <laughs> he had a Marshall Plan. He wanted to change from French to English as their official language. Which, I mean, not a big deal, but I guess it would make them a little bit easier to... Communicate with... Right, with America. Yeah. Haitian's National Police Chief Leon Charles has accused Dr. Sinan of playing a a pivotal role in the assassination and wanting to become president, but offered no explanation for how the doctor could possibly have taken control of the government. Right. All right, then it goes on to talk about the stuff we already talked about, about the the raid and stuff like that. So we got this guy. Does that seem far-fetched to you, though? Like, you got these political or these Colombian mercenaries, these possibly U.S. trained mercenaries, but they are operating through private contractors. So maybe Sanan, well, you did say Sanan hired them as bodyguards. Right. Yeah. As bodyguards. And then they say that the, the the mission changed when they hit the ground. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. It it seems, it seems a little far-fetched to me. (laughs) The whole story kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, well, we got this guy. Well, First of all, this was carried about out by Colombian mercenaries. Yeah. And people are like, well, why? Why did they do that? Well, they were probably trained by uh, U.S. Yeah. private contractors. But why did they kill the president? Well, you see, we got this doctor. <laughs> this doctor that um, was sent by God. Was sent by God. <laughs> <laughs> that wants to run, wants to run the country and change yeah. them to English speaking. You know what? What it sounds to me is that because you you said that the the Colombian bodyguards showed up at the governor's house at two thirty. That's what apparently the video footage says. So my guess is were they were they supposed to be protecting the president? That's well, that's what it right. sounds like. Like because they said <laughs> um, he had ordered. Like so, there online were two- order Colombian bodyguards, right. I guess, because he had already received death threats. Right. So, so there were two sets of Colombian mercs. Well, one set protecting the president, and one set that helped kill the president. Well, there's at least one set of them that was supposed to protect him, and then there was this group of supposedly fake DEA agents right. that are supposedly Colombian mercenaries. Some of them. So, so supposedly, were they? <laughs> Were they contracted through the same company? <laughs> Most likely. So what company? The the Florida uh, was it CTC Security or something like that that we read in the first article, and and so please tell me it's not like owned by the Clinton Foundation. <laughs> Clinton, Clinton, something Clinton. Clinton terrorist contractors. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, would would it surprise you at this point? <laughs> no. After reading all this shit, nothing surprises so, me. So, but so say that they they contracted both, right? Yes. Theoretically, I I mean, I assume Colombian mercs use different companies. <laughs> Good thing, but but so they they what if they accidentally contracted <laughs> on both sides? And then you see the schedule and they're like, oh shit! <laughs> uh, we're double booked for this weekend. Can we? Uh, can we can you the pull a double? Back? It's like, can you pull a double ship? Yeah. Well, I go off at one thirty, but I can be back on at two <laughs> thirty. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I need you to kill the president at one thirty, but I need you to come back and protect him at two thirty. <laughs> you know what? It just pays. Just do it. <laughs> I I just need you here. Yeah. Just pull okay. the trigger. Yeah. You're, you're okay. not paid to think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We joke about it, but I mean, it's just a fucking mess. It is. It is. And again, it's scary that this president is just taken out by outsiders. And then the guy that just happens to step up in his place as an interim, whatever, is like, hey, can we get the U.N. back in here, guys? And the U.S.? Can we get the U.S. military back in? I yeah, because they did a bang-up job last time. Yeah. Well, who is this guy? I, I should have looked up who this guy is, This um, the yeah. guy that stepped up in this place, right. and how he, he came to power yeah. because— he Is probably he used US to work player? for Haynes. Yeah, probably. he was the Haynes CEO. <laughs> he was the Haynes CEO. <laughs> yeah. It or just keeps getting for, deeper. He was a former Haynes model. Yeah. <laughs> we are really out of time and over time. Yeah. I mean, this is just a big shithole. Yeah. Like rabbit hole. I'm not talking the country. Right. Yes. Not, not in yeah. Trump's words. Not, yes. I'm not saying the country is a shithole, which yes. it kind of is a shithole. It but is, but by it's design. not their fault. It, by design, yeah. it's a shithole. Right. Whether they intentionally like bankrupt this country and keep it yeah. where it is, or just their shitty, like, selfish exploitation yeah. keeps them where they yeah. are. I mean, but, but like you said, this is a perfect example of why the government cannot create jobs. Right. Right? I mean, this is textbook. And how do you, how do you kick off Build Back Better? in Haiti, and then decide this needs to go global. Right, I know. Wow, it looked so good in Haiti. Let's make it all over the place. <laughs> makes no sense to me. The whole thing yeah. makes no sense. It is a shit show, and yes, again, that was a hit piece, yeah. but how can you say this person should run the country yeah. when she's so poorly managed, Yes, or her husband so poorly managed through her. Through her. Yes. What happened? Yeah. I mean, do you think it was just, I mean, I asked this already, bad management skills, or do you think they actually just, like, took the money? I, I think it's both. I, I do. I think they, they figured, hey, we can we can set this country up the way we've always wanted to, and we'll make some we'll make some buck for it on this. Yeah. And then things started going not the way they planned. And right. so they're like, you know what? Let's just take the money and go. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> Let's take the money, use our own resources to pay our own people, to pay yeah. us, to make money. And then it's like, well, let's just use the money and yeah. let's just forget the rest of that. Let's right, just right. use the money. Let's yeah, let's <laughs> just take the money and go. Because that part's not working anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. I, But you know what? See you later, They have guys. a factory and a luxury hotel. They're better than what we left. Yeah. So let's just go. Yeah, I think we're good. We're in good hands. I, we left I, you in good hands. Yeah. I, and I, it's kind of like when we leave Afghanistan. Yeah, exactly. We're leaving them in good hands. And, and I'm, I'm sure that that's exactly how it happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. I bet you it did. And, again, we, and we have very few listeners tonight, which tells me very few people give a shit about Haiti. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying bad things about no, our no, listeners. No. Yeah. It's just a very underlooked topic. Like, yeah. people but just at, don't look into this stuff. At, or, as we talked about, this could be the the grandfather of Build Back Better. Yeah. I mean, this could be the, the, the whole, like, foundation that they're building off of. <laughs> a pile of rubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A pile of rubble is the foundation they probably of Build figured, Back Better. We, we can't screw it up more than what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we can only go up from here, guys. Exactly. There's nowhere we can go. 
it up. And we can only improve on the system we set up in Haiti, too. We can't get worse yeah. than that. So right. yeah. let's let's implement this globally. It's interesting. It's crazy. But well, we do got to get out of here. Look into the shit. Look into all this history of Haiti. I mean, yes, it is a shithole country. I'm sorry to say it, but yeah. there's a reason why. We right. made it the shithole that we it did. was. It is not... They they didn't do this to them. We did it to yes. them. Yes, and it's not, oh, these lazy Haitians are just, mm-hmm. if they just get up on their own. No, we just keep pushing them back off their own yeah. feet because we're like, here, have all this free food. Yeah. Here, have all this uh, money, that, uh, but we're not going to give it to you. We're going to go yeah. build jobs for you, but right. there's not actually going to be jobs there yeah. because. Um, yeah, and, and then you get corrupt leadership, and yeah. then you get more corrupt people overthrowing their corrupt people. And, <laughs> and so it's the just... U.S. comes in and sends their military yeah. in to take out those corrupt leaders to yeah. put in those corrupt leaders. Yeah, exactly. Which it's... is probably what's going to happen now. Absolutely. That's yeah. probably yes. exactly what's going to happen yeah. now is the U.S. is going to go put in their own yeah. corrupt leader. Yeah, it'll be Bill Clinton. Let's get out of here, Bill. Not Clinton, but Bill. No. Bill Filter. Filter. Yes. This has been an interesting episode. Yes. Make sure you check us out all over social media. Share your thoughts about this. Tell us uh, your opinions of Haiti. Share even your conspiracy theories about Haiti if you want. We just didn't have time yeah. to get into it. So yeah. we are way over time. Uh, check us out all over social media. Make sure you share this shit around. Give us likes, thumbs up, whatever the kids are doing these days. Smack it. I don't know. Smack that like and share button. Smack it hard. We'll see you back here for the weekend wrap-up or next Monday at 7 Central Time for another live stream episode. Yes, more good stuff. Have a fantastic rest of your weep. Please. Weep. Weep. Have a... Don't, ha- don't have a weep. Don't weep. Don't weep. Goodbye. Or weep for Haiti. <laughs> Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout out to our sponsors, Goulash Media, On the Run with Remzo W. Martinez Podcast, and Van Zot Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next time and let us continue to invade your ear holes and as always, never stop talking. <laughs>